1470, 100.3 WMB Day. Uh, what? WMBD. Uh, this is the Craig Collins Show, and it's a heck of a day. I think that's what I was trying to say there a second ago. WMB Day. Today is a day, man. Uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, a lot of things that have happened um, in the last few hours, uh, or well, last 24 hours, uh, are are interesting. Uh, more information came out about the accusation that our current president uh, took a bribe, some sweet sweet cash, five million dollars. That Hunter Biden got five million of his own, and that they were working with Ukraine and the energy company Burisma in a way that we would not be happy that they were working. This is when um, our president would have been our vice president. But anyway, that's something we would not be happy about. That's an accusation. More information needs to come out. All that stuff that I say for legal reasons. I don't want anyone coming after me. I don't want to be in, a, in a, any sort of problem. And then, of course, the, the Trump story today, uh, the big Trump story, although this isn't actually surprising. Uh, and what I mean by that is ever since this rabbit hole started to be gone down, where they were looking into, they being the uh, Justice Department, uh, federally charging or indicting uh, President, former President Trump with mishandling classified documents, everyone kind of thought that it would end with this, with this version of deciding to go forward as far as um, um, attempting and maybe succeeding at finding Trump guilty of these sorts of things. And I only say maybe succeeding because, as Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins were saying a bunch uh, during their show, this is a pretty easy uh, case historically to win. Now, what's really interesting about this to me, though, and I'm sure some people will say, no, it's not the same. It's different because Trump tried to fight it and the other people didn't. Pence uh, willingly cooperated. Uh, Biden willingly cooperated. I have two points uh, to make to that. The first one is, if you remember when you were a kid in school, if somebody got caught cheating, let's say you had a group of friends and you were all cheating on something and someone actually gets caught, they actually get in trouble, they get a bad grade, all that happens you might see other people come forward after one person gets caught and be like, hey, um, on the off chance that I also did this without even really noticing that I did, is there any chance that I could say in advance that I am sorry and then maybe be more lenient on me? Maybe don't get as angry at me. Um, they raided Mar-a-Lago and found classified documents uh, at the personal home of our former president, uh, President Trump, after that happened is when both Biden and then uh, Pence stepped forward, the former vice president, and said, eh, look for stuff with us. Go go check and see if we have anything, just in the off chance it's there. And so I really do think that the willingness to cooperate is somewhat muted by the idea that if you saw everything going on in the news that was happening with Trump, any human being would cooperate. Because part of what was being talked about is that he his lack of cooperation was the problem. And it does sound, if someone's being really fair, and I doubt many people will be fair at all about this topic, that there was confusion. Um, whether it was intentional or not is something they'll probably, I guess, try to answer in court. Uh, but there are several different verified accounts that say uh, that people within the government were telling uh, Trump um, uh, people, his team, that you could keep stuff. You could put it uh, here and you could lock it behind here. And so it does sound like there was some level of confusion, whether that's going to be an excuse that works in court. I have no idea. And all these um, um, discussions about recordings of our former pre of former President Trump saying that he knew stuff wasn't classified that he had in his hand. Uh, if those things get played in court, those sound bad. Um, but here's here's the more important thing to me 
than anything else. And, and again, point one, just want to reiterate it. If you were the second or the third person, a high-profile politician that had classified documents on you and you saw what was going on with Trump, you were very likely to come forward to try to prevent yourself from being in any trouble because I will tell anyone that's confused on this, having classified documents in places they shouldn't be is a crime. It's a crime across the board. It's not a crime that just Biden or just Trump or just Pence committed. It's, it's a crime. You can get in trouble for that. Uh, people who willingly handed over uh, documents that, whoops-a-daisy, I took this with me uh, somewhere in the world of lower-ranking politicians got in trouble for that. Uh, we have tons and tons of examples of that. Uh, but here's the other thing I want to say. And this is going to sound insane, and I'm, I'm going to preface it that it sounds insane. And even more so than that, I think to a lot of people, uh, this will sound utterly biased, and I don't really hide the political leaning on my show. I actually am pretty sure I directly <laughs> confirm it uh, at times. Uh, but, but here's what I really think should happen, and I think it should happen sooner rather than later. I think that Biden should pardon Trump. I, I absolutely do, and I'll tell you why, uh, and it's way beyond Trump. Uh, because at this point, I think, and I, I heard Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins and others today talk about this, too, from a political political strategy position, the Democrats feel they've won. Uh, they have muddied the waters as much as humanly possible uh, against the former president uh, that will not prevent people who support the former president from still supporting him. Uh, he'll probably get a bunch of donations. Uh, he'll probably win uh, the Republican uh, primary now based solely on this in the easy way uh, that Trump will be able to position to conservatives and some independents that this is evidently an attack on just him and they must be afraid of him in Washington. And that's why they're doing this. And you should vote for him. Uh, and actually, I'll also throw this out there. I found a stat just the other day and I didn't know I'd use it in this context, but it's interesting. Eight out of 10 conservatives uh, think that our government is not doing anything to help us. Eight out of 10. Seven out of 10 uh, uh, liberal people, Democrats, think our government is not doing anything to help us. I thought that was really interesting. It's barely any different. In today's society, so many of us have apathy toward politicians in general, the political system, whether or not they give a crap about anything we want. And one of the most effective messages Trump has wielded over the course of all of the years he's been a politician, uh, which is just few, because uh, he's not a career politician, uh, has been that message, the message of I'm someone who's going to fight the swamp of uh, crap that's going on in Washington. And no, you don't have to have a tinfoil hat on to think that there's some level of not great stuff going on in Washington uh, that's not helping us. Uh, but so the biggest reason that I think that Biden should pardon Trump is I don't think that it would change the likelihood of Trump beating Biden if this were this federal one were to go away. Um, and I do think it's likely that if it doesn't go away, that Trump will probably be found guilty of something. And I do think a lot of people, myself included, I will still see that as political and not necessarily um, actual uh, serving of justice because other people, I'll just keep repeating that too, uh, who matter, people like our current president, committed similar crimes and will likely face absolutely no charges whatsoever. Uh, so it's very interesting to me. But if Biden did that, do you know what he could actually say to the American people? I believe in reaching across the aisle and trying to unite the political um, parties or trying to unite, unite people in our country. It would be charring. No one would expect it. It would be the most shocking thing uh, that Biden could do. And um, I don't know if he'd have to be told to do it by people that are within the Democratic Party, which would literally never happen. 
Uh, no one would give him this plan. He'd have to come up with it all on his own and figure out how to actually use the, the power of the White House that he has been given uh, to do it. But I think it would be a profound moment in um, in American history to have this occur. And, and people would be real mad. Uh, there might be a lot of Democrats that would consider not voting for Biden. Um, and Biden's not really equipped to sell his message on any sort of grand stage. Uh, but I guess if a different Democrat were in office, it would be a, a tremendous way to demonstrate that we want to move beyond the polarized version of, of politics we have in our society and even confirming and doing it actually even more powerfully. Uh, let's go back to the message I, or the example I gave a second ago, the little kid in class who gets caught and then the other kids who come forward and say we're sorry. Uh, Biden is also guilty of basically the same crime as, as Trump. So if he were to say, you know what, I did this too, and they're not really looking at me, and for that reason I'm deciding that this is politically biased in nature – and I'm going to go ahead and, and pardon the former president and allow him. It, it's actually, you know what, it, i give you one more example. It's like at the end of a movie, any sort of action movie, uh, when the entire movie, it's been two guys fighting each other, the good guy and the bad guy. Pick your side. Of course, your politics will matter in this situation. And then at the end of the movie, after they've used like every gun, every every car, they've blown up everything they possibly can at each other, and they're both still standing. They just have a fist fight to end it. You know, that's a really good moment in a movie. One guy is still holding a weapon. The other guy's out of ammo. And he's like, you know what? I don't even need this. I'll fight you the, the proper way and I'll beat the crap out of you. That would be Biden pardoning Trump and allowing himself to run against Trump in an actual election uh, where we, the voters, decided which person uh, we wanted to be in charge. None of those things I said will happen. But they all should. They really, really all, all should uh, because it, I think it would be transformative. Uh, and it would be um, demonstrating that the, the swamp, the system, all those things that, that many, many people believe would make what I just said literally impossible don't exist. Or at least they could pretend they don't exist for, for that one moment and then go back to doing terrible things behind closed doors. Uh, but I'm, I'm genuinely, uh, uh, truthfully saying this in a way that I, I, I don't even mean it from a political side of the aisle. I think it would be one of the most powerful things in the history of our political system. Uh, and by the way, I'll just play a little bit of quick audio and then I'll take a break because uh, I'm, I'm preaching about something that has literally probably a, a zero point, maybe a negative percent chance of happening uh, because Biden was asked today uh, if he talked to Attorney General Merrick Garland yet. And his answer was uh, not exactly the kind of answer you'd give if you were planning on doing something transformative in the world of our political system. President Biden, have you spoken to Attorney General Merrick Garland yet? I have not spoken to him at all. I'm not going to speak to him. No comment. I have not spoken to him at all. I'm not going to speak to him, and I have no comment of any kind on any of this. I want to win because we want to trip the other guy before the race starts, and we want that to be the way that we win any election. It's great for us. Honestly, um, you know, I've said it a lot on this show, and I'll end this here. Um, the Democratic politician in charge of our, our country right now is, is weak. He's been weak on a lot of stuff. He's weak on China. He's weak on the border. Uh, there's a lot of moments where he's been weak. Uh, this would be the exact opposite of weak. And yet he will probably be anything but he will definitely still behave weak and try to coast his way to a win. A win I don't know if he'll get, um, but he'll try to coast his way there uh, because he wants any and all advantages. Um, it actually it reminds me a lot of, of something I thought I'd be done and I'm not. Uh, something that I think Mark Strauss and others on the show have said uh, quite a few times to me um, that sometimes politicians uh, and there are several that have done this just try to disqualify 
uh, their opponent way before anyone gets to a, a voting box to vote on something. And I mean, like local elections. I mean, like you didn't get the right signatures and you can't run anymore. And that's that's a really crappy way to win a thing. You were taught as a kid, win fairly, don't win the crappy way. And this is winning the crappy way if this is the way they do this, especially since I said, and I'll just repeat it one more time, what Biden did with classified documents is, in fact, a crime. If he doesn't wind up being held in any sort of way uh, uh, responsible for that, and Trump does, no matter how they acted differently uh, once they, they found out that they had classified documents in places they shouldn't go, that doesn't change the fact that both are indeed a crime. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, the text messages are hilarious right now. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for sending them in. Uh, 309-340-4464 is the phone number. 309-340-4464 if you want to text me. Um, most people saying that I'm insane uh, for what I said a second ago about how Biden should actually pardon Trump and do away with this whole um, federal uh, charges thing. Uh, on the mishandling handling of classified documents. I know it's insane. I pitched it as insane. I said it was crazy, uh, but I don't want to keep talking about this for too long. Think about how shocked everybody would be. This is the twist ending nobody sees coming, man. Uh, this is like the uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie, although actually you usually see the ending coming on those things. Maybe it's the Quentin Tarantino movie. It, it would be something. Uh, Biden not, might not even know that he was doing it while well, he was doing it. doesn't even matter. It would be crazy, and it would definitely reshape, I think, at least for a short amount of time, uh, some of the conversations we have. I'm not trying to help Democrats win an election. I'm just saying uh, it would be a unique thing uh, that's not going to happen, and I get it. All right, other stuff out there. I thought this was interesting. A 25-year-old woman got laid off uh, on a job, and she decided to play a prank. She printed out a ton of images of herself. Uh, all of them all over the office um, and then I numbered them randomly. So you'd think they were found, uh, you know, uh, in different orders. So there were some that were missing that never actually existed at all. Uh, but she was just saying goodbye to people. She was just saying, like, I'll see you later um, because I've been firing them out. I don't know how she had the ability to, to do this. Uh, her name is uh, Marcy. Um, she went viral, though, on social media uh, for saying that she – uh, found the time and, and put things everywhere and essentially just said goodbye to the office with a whole bunch of printed out selfies, which I do think is pretty funny. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be something that the people respect at the place you just worked that you're not at anymore. And I do love the fact that she numbers them so that there's like mystery ones uh, that people think they're going to find and they can't find. Um, the average wedding now costs twenty nine thousand uh, dollars. That's another story that's out there. That's a lot of money. Uh, I spent a decent amount, not that amount of money. I spent a decent amount of money on my wedding uh, with the missus. We got married in Mexico. Uh, we wound up paying for it ourselves, which we were very passionate about. Um, and actually, and I think I've told this story here before, uh, there was a, a time where we were sending payments to this person in Mexico uh, that worked for the reception um, facility or the reception place that we were going to have uh, the you know party part of the whole wedding. And that person was just stealing the money and then just like bounced. And so sort of insane uh, that we had to call the actual owner of the place, prove that we had been Western Unioning money from the United, which is good uh, that we weren't like showing up and handing cash to somebody. Uh, but somebody just stole some of that money and, and left with it. And so even though we were told that there would be no difference in the things we paid for and the things we got at our reception, I noticed some differences, people. And someday I'll get into those in, in greater detail. We paid for like a band. Uh, we had a three-person band. That was not much of a band, although they did sing two songs in English, which I was very happy about. Uh, but $29,000 is a lot of money. 
Uh, in New York, it's actually quite a bit more, $44,000. A big reason it's actually so high is all the different uh, cities and how much it costs to get married in them. So don't do that. Uh, get married in not giant cities. Uh, get married in Peoria. Get married in places that are, are much more affordable and then not regret any part of that at all. Or just get married in Mexico. It was kind of cheap. We had fireworks at our wedding. And I don't think those cost very much money, although they shot them off at the wrong time. Again, I'll move on. That's other stuff. Get to it some other day. Uh, one other one, I thought this was interesting as far as a Good Friday uh, story. 66% of Americans have a negative view of tipping now. This is definitely a change from years ago when every single app that people use to sell you something didn't ask you to tip them as well. But 66% of Americans are like, I don't, I don't want this. I'm annoyed by this. I'm not even giving tips to people who deserve tips anymore. 41% of people don't like that businesses underpay staff so that tips are even a thing that's relied on uh, in our society. And probably that's partly because we're getting asked to tip so much now. We're starting to think, wait, why do I tip at all? 32% don't, have, uh, don't like to have pre-entered suggested tip amounts on a screen, especially at places like a coffee shop or a casual counter service types of food places because I'm not giving you that amount of money or I don't want to like say no. Uh, it, I agree. I totally agree. Although I will say that I'm usually a sucker for almost all the tips. I, I don't say no. I click on a button. I, I don't always click on 20%. If it doesn't deserve a tip at all, I might tip 10 or 15, which means I still gave them money. I didn't want to give them, uh, but at least I didn't give them as much money as I gave somebody that does have a lower wage. Uh, but I, I do it and I don't like it. And I get sad about it all the time. And yet I, I can't seem to stop myself. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Every single Friday, I talk to Greg Batten, Dan DiOrio, or Caleb Kelch from The Morning Show. I got Dan on. And Dan, you were just goosing uh, my idea for Biden to pardon Trump. You were making it even better. Do you want to start there? Yeah, so Biden pardons Trump. Trump wins the election. And then when Biden gets indicted, Trump can uh, pardon Biden. <laughs> It's just back and forth pardonings all over the place. And then we all yeah. sing we, oh, all, yeah. we all sing Kumbaya together as like an entire country. And then I imagine we get juice. I, I would figure we'd get juice. Yeah, I mean, it would be a good insurance policy for Biden in case he loses <laughs> to Trump. Yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting. And I, I won't make you talk. I was just um, ranting about it the whole um, part of starting part of the show. So I don't make you talk about it too much because it's not going to happen. But it would be like shocking. It would be a profound demonstration uh, if anyone were to do something like that, because obviously uh, when Ford pardons Nixon, that same team, man, that's not exactly the same thing. And actually, a lot of people think that's what cost Ford reelection is that he had pardoned Nixon. So to me, it seems to make way more sense to do it this way because it would confuse the crap out of everybody who was very much planning on voting against Biden because he would have single handedly saved Trump. It would just be I don't know. I find it fascinating. I feel like it's, it's an idea that you would get behind. Um, but we can move on to other stuff. Uh, I saw, and actually you were asking me this off air, did two of Trump's lawyers already quit his legal team? Uh, the answer to that is yes. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. That's kind of surprising. You can't really figure out the why yeah. there, right? That doesn't bode well. No, uh, maybe not. Although maybe yeah. Trump was unhappy. Maybe there was uh, some version of him pushing them off. I think he might have said that on Truth Social. Um, what do you think here? Let me just ask you a macro question and then we can move on to other stuff. What do you think about this? Uh, no matter what the crime committed was, uh, how significant of, of a crime it is. I mean, Bill Clinton lied under oath. Uh, he never wound up uh, facing any actual charges for it. Uh, do you think that this is good for our country, that a president would get indicted on federal charges and could face 
years of jail time? Well, I mean, if, if he deserves it, it's got to go through the court system. Uh, I, I just think uh, overall, I'll go back to what I said before, we need a much stricter policy on classified info. Sure. I agree with you on that. But here, let me ask you it a different way. Don't you think for a very long time in our country, uh, politicians at least somewhat respected each other uh, different than they do today to where this wouldn't be a thing that would have been allowed to happen? Uh, what I mean by that is even if someone deserved it, uh, they would be saved somehow because of how much it tarnishes the country itself. Um, it doesn't matter if you um, are someone out there who thinks Trump is the exception to the rule. He's the only guy that would ever get in trouble like this. Biden did commit a crime that is, is eerily similar, and he's not denying it. And I think a lot of people do not expect him to get in trouble for it because, well, uh, I think it tarnishes the, the country more so than anything else. So I don't know why we would have gone away from that world and gone away from it a long time ago to where we prevent these kind of things basically for an optics reason, uh, more so than anything else. I, I do think there's probably other presidents. I mean, Nixon is another example uh, that wound up not having to face the amount of charges for negative things or, or for illegal things they did. Clinton, another one, um, because someone somewhere decided it was bad for the country in, in general. Yeah, but then Nixon resigned. I mean, if, if Trump would say, hey, I'm not running for president, I think Biden would be more apt to do it. But the fact of the matter is, is he very much could win the Republican primary. And I think politics would say, well, we got to make an example of him. Mm -hmm. So you think if Bill Clinton were running again, when he actually wound up uh, most the closest to when he could have actually faced charges of his own for lying under oath and then admitting the lying under oath, uh, if he had had a prospect to run again, you think he would have wound up facing charges? I think the Republicans would have pushed it just to just to play that sort of defense version of we're not sure if we can beat this guy. So let's go ahead and, and win a cheap win, uh, because to me, that's the other thing I do think this kind of is. Uh, I think that if if Trump could have been elected, if the majority of the American people would have. And I'm not saying I, I you know know that to be true or false, but if it could have happened. Having this be the way that he doesn't wind up being our president again, I can't really. And actually, I I think that that won't necessarily totally matter um, because there's not a lot of likelihood this is over uh, until the presidential election is over. Uh, But isn't this sort of a a negative way uh, to defeat someone who might have had the support of a lot of people in our country? Well, okay. let's say uh, without this, um, would Trump get reelected would he win the primary uh it's a possibility but he's still so far ahead now and here's the thing look at the narrative that ted cruz even senator lindsey graham and others have said uh that you know this this is the deep state january 6th overrated sure. uh we never really got to look at the elections we still think something went wrong there and now they're after trump uh, this is just all, I mean, it's the same narrative. It's political. Sure. And so they're basically giving them alibi. And, and, and it, well, amazingly, Mike Pence doesn't think he should be indicted. Right. Yeah. No, I, 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 I know. Um, but doesn't the Durham report demonstrate that there were a lot of times where people went after Trump and they were manufacturing things that weren't real? Isn't there a lot of, um, boy who cried wolf here, uh, that makes it more likely? Well, go ahead. 
I will say this. I do believe that, I mean, I think any president, Trump, Biden, should be penalized harshly. And, and, and Biden, they're not going after him on the same thing. They're in his garage. At least <laughs> this is in Mar-a-Lago where there's Secret Service yeah. and, and, and security. Sure. And Biden's hanging around in his garage, I would think, from a national security standpoint, if you're going to apply uh, pressure to Trump and make him accountable, uh, why aren't they turning around doing the same thing to Biden? Right. And I know that there's still something that could come out there. I know that I'm, I'm assuming something and we don't actually have definitive uh, uh, Biden won't be charged at all. But the other thing I would say to sort of lean into your point um, is how long the documents were out in the wild that are classified documents. Some of them were from like the 70s. And Biden, our president, even did an interview where he made that seem like Somehow it was a good thing. Like, oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, those documents are really old. Uh, they were out there for a very long time. That seems to be worse for the security of our, our nation than the amount of time it took to get back classified documents from Trump, even if he tried to fight it. Yeah, but and another side of this, though, is that um, I think the general public, whether it's Trump or Biden mm-hmm. or anyone, uh I think there's a distrust among the public that they can get away with it. If I did the same thing, I'm in jail. Yeah, but we have a bunch of examples of that happening. Uh, like Bill Clinton is one of the, I think, the most relevant ones. Uh, didn't he yeah. actually lie under oath? And doesn't that um, uh, come with a penalty of some kind? Several times. He even did. He even mm-hmm. tampered with witnesses and then admitted to tampering with witnesses. Yeah. Uh, all that's bad. And uh, he never faced a, a, a single moment or the likelihood of a moment where he could go to jail. That just didn't happen. Um, and I think yeah. it was just that um, short time ago that our society, or at least our political system, uh, was somehow uh, different. And I know it made a lot of people mad. It, it, you're right to get mad at that, whoever you are out there. Uh, but they thought that that was some higher thing, and it would look real bad for us to throw a former president in prison somewhere. That would just be a bad look for our country. Um, and Do you I, think he would go to prison? Uh, the charges um, demonstrate a lot of potential prison time. I think every single charge has a a maximum sentence of like 10 years. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know. And I don't want anyone listening to the show to think that what I'm saying is uh, Trump definitely did uh, things wrong to the degree that they're charging him. They did wrong. That'll all take time to play out in court. Um, but I heard Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins, uh, David Van Camp, say that this is um, a pretty easy thing typically to, to win as far as federal cases go. Uh, they have a really uh, high uh, win percentage here at what we're exactly looking at as far as what Trump's accused of. Yeah, and the other side of it to me is if there's a classified document, it should be RFID, and the moment it leaves the White House, alarms should go off anywhere. <laughs> there shouldn't be any classified material leaving the White House. Yeah, yeah. And there should, I mean, it should be like my eighth-grade librarian who was really tough uh, you know, a day late on your book, they know you have the book, get it back or you start facing penalties. The fact that we have all this classified material around, uh, it, it, even if you don't put Trump in jail, you, sure, you sure. penalize him for something. The big picture is, can we figure this out, this classified material? Actually, it I, should never leave the White House. I, I love your uh, point there because I think that what we really need is what a lot of movies have, like self-destructing things. Like anything that's classified document, <laughs> yeah. it should also blow up at some point. Not, not to hurt anybody, yes. but just a little tiny <laughs> explosion, you know, or, or a shoe phone. 
that lights on fire at some point. These are the things we need, man. And these are the things we don't have. Um, other stuff out yeah. there. Uh, I do want to ask your opinion on this. The Biden story does feel to me to still be relevant. Uh, our president himself is dismissing it, saying it's all a bunch of malarkey. Uh, but there is more information saying that there are documents within the FBI uh, that demonstrate um, with some degree of actual proof uh, that Biden took five million dollars from Ukraine and Burisma uh, when he was the vice president. Now, granted, that's not been made public, all that stuff. And the politicians have only really seen it uh, with the FBI present. And it's the conservative narrative uh, that I'm talking about right now. But this this seems to be a pretty valuable accusation. Bill Barr was out there saying it's real. Uh, Bill Barr, no fan of Trump. Uh, what do you make of that story and its lack of being reported on or discussed since it's our current president, not a guy that's trying to be the president but isn't uh, currently in office? Well, then you almost have to make the same argument you're doing with Trump and the documents. If he's guilty of something, he should be punishable. Same thing with the president. There does seem to be some smoke. And where there's smoke, there's usually fire. And so let the Republicans follow it, uh, you know, to its to its logical end, to its legal end. But anytime the FBI tries to block it or get in, and you know, in the way, they should they should sound the alarms to people. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you on that. The thing that I think is more unique about the Biden accusation and taking bribes from foreign powers is how um, bad that would be for our country definitively having classified documents that you may not have have let get into the wrong hands is more of a subjective version of how much risk our our country is is in uh people having biden in their pocket financially is a very clear cut uh, this is bad for us if that's what winds up being proven so i i do agree and my um pardon him pardon them um version of thinking does go out the window here uh, more so than not but only because it's very definitive concrete uh, there is actual risk to our country if you have someone in those types of offices taking money from uh, those other places. China, of course, is another place uh, that Biden is accused of getting money uh, via Hunter Biden and other family members. So I don't know. That one, to me, it feels like it should be talked about more, uh, even if it winds up not having the proof uh, that some of the politicians are saying that it has. Because, well, we've done that a bunch of times in all the boy who cried wolf things I was talking about a second ago. Uh, with Trump, all the moments where we were told he was going to get in trouble and he he didn't. Isn't this a moment where uh, Biden would be to most media places already guilty uh, like Trump was until he's proven innocent? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think anyone uh, prior to Zelensky and uh, there's still no proof. I mean, Ukrainian, we have some Ukrainian students from Bradley in, and they say, look, uh, we, they didn't vote for Zelensky because they didn't think Zelensky could turn around the absolute corruption that was in their government. Sure. So I think anyone who did any, any business with Ukraine before Zelensky should go to jail and sit next to Paul Manafort. <laughs> Fair enough. Anything else uh, I could talk about with you before I let you go? This is a great conversation of a lot of news of the day. Anything going on in the Greg and Dan show? Well, this is uh, an incredible weekend. Uh, I would like to see someone do everything that's going on this weekend, show up at everything, because you got the Park of Palooza, and I had to have a, uh, run a quick here that I went by that big bouncy house. That's unbelievable. <laughs> and you have that drone show Saturday night. Awesome. Which is all part of it. Then you have the Tremont Turkey Festival, one of the great summer festivals of the year. 
Uh, that's going on this weekend. You have the, you know, the Riverfront Market in itself is an event every Saturday. Yes. You have the famed Moss Avenue sale, which is for people who buy antiques uh, and, and like old tiny furniture and stuff. That's a, a not miss. That's at 10 o'clock on Saturday. And you get, they close it off and uh, you get to walk uh, Moss Avenue. And if you know anyone there, you get to carry around a cocktail. Uh, and then uh, Bartonville has its pool days going on this weekend. It's a big fundraiser for them. In Washington, the fire department, they do a great job with uh, smoking. And uh, they have on Sunday, uh, you could pick up and take home barbecue for St. Jude's. And then they have that uh, golf thing up in the Heights where wow. there's nine establishments and you have mini golf. You go from place to place to place to raise money for Kiwanis. Yeah, um, you were not lying when you said there is a lot of stuff uh, going on. I would have to map that all out to get all that done in just a weekend. I mean, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Is there anything you're planning on going to? Or are you getting out now? Uh, is that something I can. Okay. I, I'm right. still chained to the house through probably mid-July. Do you want me to go to some of these places with the computer that you guys use in the morning and just kind of bring you with? I can do that for you. <laughs> Possibly. Okay. Yeah, I think you said maybe. All right. Thanks, Dan, as always, for jumping on the show, for being a part of it. Uh, great to talk to you. A uh, quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thanks to Dan DiOrio for jumping on, being a part of the show. Uh, lots of stuff, as I say, to talk about. I love a study uh, that's out there, and I'm sure it's likely to be disproven in the very near future, which is totally fine. Uh, and there's a bunch of studies that I think um, demonstrate that this is not perfect science uh, that already say that there's ways in which you shouldn't load up on energy drinks. Uh, but at least one study uh, from Columbia University in New York has found that some of the ingredients in energy drinks might be somehow good for us. Uh, well, probably also being bad for us, but that's not the part I'm focusing on right now. Uh, there's a study out there officially uh, that says the decision I make to drink energy drinks is not totally bad. I uh, hear I'll actually uh, quote something that one of the professors behind the study said. The study suggests that taurine could be an elixir of life within us that helps us live longer and healthier lives, according to this one off study uh, at Columbia University in uh, New York uh, that found, you know, something valuable, I think, in mice and in monkeys uh, when they were given amounts of, of just taurine, uh, which is one ingredient not the only ingredient in some energy drinks. It's actually a, um, um, a, a biologically occurring thing in your body. You just don't have as much as you wind up getting here. But I love this. I love that it says that, uh, according to this study, your lifespan might be um, lengthened by 12% for females and 10% for males by drinking some amount of energy drinks. And again, that's really only proven to be true in, in rats and in uh, monkeys. But hey, man, it doesn't matter. I now have at least one study to hold up the next time I have an energy drink and the missus tells me they're bad for me and then she just has to Google, are energy drinks bad for you and have like a million studies that says that this is wrong, but I, I got one. So I'm doing better than I was before and I'll take it. Uh, other stuff out there that I think is interesting. I don't know why they, they did this. Um, I used to joke on a different show I did at one point in radio about all the different um, scientific studies that seem to just be obvious wastes of money and there's a lot of them out there. And this feels like one of them. Uh, scientists studied whether or not bees were justified in stinging us. Uh, did we do something to make the bee mad? Yes or no? It was a, a poll and a survey and then other things. And uh, I guess they found, this is the data we have now, 49% of the time uh, bees have every right to sting us. We deserved it. 
Uh, we were basically begging them to do it. 51% of the time, it was not. Um, we were just in a spot we didn't know they were. They got scared. Something happened. You get stung. I like this. I love that it's posted on Reddit, too. You got Columbia University telling me that energy drinks are healthy and okay for me. And then you got the idiots on Reddit that I'm, I'm one of said idiots uh, telling me that bees sting me and they're only justified 49% of the time, uh, meaning bees are jerks. I, I guess it's been proven by science. Uh, I can go that road, too. Uh, I do like this um, story as well. It's a Friday. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit more salacious in nature. And when I do that, I usually tell you there's an earmuff moment here. Uh, you can put earmuffs on the kids if you want to. I'm going to do this as delicately as I can, though. Uh, it's another uh, survey. 53 adults were questioned and asked about their sleep habits. And people who said that they struggled to go to sleep, they were asked what was the best possible remedy uh, to get you to sleep like a baby. And something beat out uh, sleeping pills. Sleeping pills came in at number two on this list. Uh, by the way, the people that were a part of the survey between the ages of 25 and 49, uh, they said that uh, being romantic right before bed, um, having a, a, a bit of a you know, um, a thing happen and occur uh, between two loving people, uh, between husband and wife, uh, would make you much more likely to fall asleep. So now I just want to throw it out there. I have two very important studies that I'm going to tell my wife about several times this weekend, uh, one being that energy drinks are definitely good for me, and two being if we're struggling to fall asleep, there's uh, something we could do uh, that would help us quite a bit in going. I love both of these. Uh, this is science helping out um, uh, guys today, it feels like. This is science doing the old attaboy, and I, I appreciate it. I'm very, very grateful. Uh, women, uh, by the way, were less likely to give this answer than men. So for what it's worth, even though they both did uh, say that this answer was better than sleeping pills, uh, men were far more likely when asked the question, does that help you go to sleep? They were like, yeah, definitely does. Uh, does that help you uh, do this in life? Yeah, it helps me do everything. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, you can text me 309-340-4464 whenever you want, 309 309- Three four zero four four six four. I love that I just got a text from somebody holding an iced Dunkin' Donuts coffee uh, saying no taurine in that, no energy drink in that. Uh, that's their go-to. Uh, I was talking about one study uh, that said that energy drinks might be good for you, uh, which is going to be stacked against a lot of studies that say the opposite. And I got one now, man. I feel good about that. All right. Yes, um, Trump has been indicted. Uh, yes, that's a big story. Um, I'm not going to talk about it very much here, and here's the reason why. You're going to hear about this story a lot uh, for the next however long this is a thing, and it's going to be a thing for a while. Uh, you're going to hear about it all over the place. Uh, I will throw out one uh, caveat, and I'll talk about it later on in the show. Uh, a Trump-appointed judge will oversee the first indictment court appearance. Uh, that judge was actually a little bit uh, kind uh, to former President Donald Trump earlier uh, in this same um, um, back and forth in the courts. Uh, she wound up ruling in favor of uh, Trump and his attorneys who are no longer a couple of them uh, representing the former president. So that's interesting. Uh, people are wondering if uh, this judge will wind up on uh, she's been assigned the case right now, but on this case the entire time all the way till uh, the end of it. And then if that will somehow impact a likelihood of being friendly or not uh, to the former president. But I do think it's interesting uh, that the Florida federal judge who's assigned to this, Eileen Cannon is her name, is a Trump appointee who at least once uh, seemed to agree with him and his attorneys on a thing uh, that people, at least in mainstream or maybe liberal media, uh, definitely liberal media, were thinking that they wouldn't. Um, other stuff out there that I do think is, is interesting and valuable. Uh, there's a study out of Stanford uh, that is talking about redesigning a football helmet to make it much less likely 
uh, that you have severe uh, brain trauma as a byproduct of playing football. And we talk about CTE a lot, and I thought this was kind of cool. The secret, it's a carbon fiber football helmet with 21 liquid shock absorbers spread throughout. It might be expensive. I don't know how expensive it is. I didn't see that part of it. Uh, But this would at least by a third, according to Stanford University, reduce the impact on your head every time you were in any sort of um, um, cackle or any sort of other, um, um, you know, impact situation in the world of a sport that more and more parents are saying they're not even going to let their kids play because they're worried about their mental health or their their mental well-being as they get um, older, as you know, later on in age, when CTE, especially for professional athletes, becomes a thing we talk about a lot. I thought that was pretty cool that that's out there. And the 33%, well, it doesn't sound like a lot, uh, might be a, a tremendous difference in likelihood of having any sort of uh, problem. Um, and again, there's more information that probably needs to come out of just how expensive this is. And if you could afford it at, say, like the, the grade school, the high school, all the levels where uh, parents are maybe making different decisions today than, than not. Uh, my nephew is playing flag football right now and really wants to play uh, tackle football. Uh, he's just, uh, I think he's in eighth grade now, so he's just outside of being in high school. He's actually pretty good, uh, which is weird because uh, my brother and I were not great at football. That was not our sport of choice for either of us. I was okay, but I wasn't big enough to actually, uh, I would be uh, very easily tackled, I guess, when I was a little kid. Um, but he's he's good, and he's fast, and he's he's probably someone that would play an offensive position and probably get hit a lot. And so my brother is is dealing with the idea of whether or not he, he lets his kid play tackle football because his kid really wants to play and might be pretty good. Uh, other things out there that I thought were interesting, a little bit more uh, serious in nature too, I guess. There's a new uh, drug that's going to be used to treat marijuana addiction, uh, pot addiction. Uh, the experimental drug is called AEF-0117. Going to need a better name uh, when you market that thing. That's not a thing I think people would pick. Uh, but here's what I thought was interesting, and this is in the Journal of uh, Net- Nature Medicine. Excuse me. Um, we do right now, a whole lot of people, just dismiss the idea that a pot addiction is bad, um, especially here in Illinois now that things are legal. It's very, very different than, say, how we deal with alcohol. And I know anyone that's a huge proponent of pot is going to tell me, well, you can't, you can't OD on pot. You can uh, drink yourself to death. You can do a lot of other things to harm yourself in a one-off outing. You can make a lot of mistakes uh, while smoking pot, uh, things like getting behind the wheel of a car and that not being a good decision uh, as far as uh, you or the safety of others around you. And so I thought it was interesting. Uh, there's a drug out there that would treat a form of addiction and people who'd want to, and it's just in a small trial right now, uh, give up pot. Uh, because I do think that's something we talk about very, very little uh, in the world we're in right now is is people who uh, have started to utilize, say, the, the legal right to smoke pot uh, here in Illinois are like, eh, it doesn't matter anymore. We can have as much as we want. Uh, it doesn't impact us at all. And it actually sounds a lot like anyone you've known in your life who wound up being diagnosed as an alcoholic. Uh, they tell you, like, it's fine. Everybody else can handle it fine. I can handle it fine. Uh, there's no reason for uh, concern, no reason for alarm. And then all of a sudden you're uh, doing something so often in so many ways uh, that you're behaving reckless. You're showing up to work high. You're doing all kinds of things that you shouldn't be doing. So I do think this is interesting. I do think this is good. Uh, research enlisted 29 adult males uh, and some uh, women as well, though I guess it's mostly guys in the study uh, that are admitted pot addicts and have been addicts for a while. Uh, I saw that Netflix got a whole crap ton of people that s- signed up for their their service because they're now blocking uh, sharing passwords. Uh, Netflix gets 100,000 daily signups after their password crackdown, uh, probably likely to encourage any other company 
that's allowing people to share passwords differently than the new uh, Netflix move to, to go that other road. Uh, more and more, the world of streaming is getting terrible. It's, it's getting to be something that it wasn't when it started. And the world of like cable television is basically what you're in, if not a worse version now. I'm not saying I shared passwords. I don't even have a Netflix account at all right now. I somehow live my life without it. Uh, but a 52-week high in the amount of money that they made and the amount of signups they saw as they start to actually impact people's ability uh, to access their platform. I thought that was interesting. And then one last one, uh, and then we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll do some other stuff, uh, some even sillier stuff than this stuff. Uh, but I do like this. I thought this was cool. Uh, a mom of three uh, that I guess worked at Hooters 30 years ago uh, found her old outfit, uh, saw if she could put it on. She could. She went viral because of the photos and how good she looked in her Hooters outfit from 30 years ago. And she said that that was motivation for her. And for anyone else that might want to try to stay in some semblance of, of the shape you had when you were a young person, although this woman, her name is Nikki, uh, to be in the same shape as she was in at 19 uh, today is is very impressive. Uh, not many of us are going to be able to say that, and uh, I'm definitely not going to be able – I can't say that. Uh, but I do think it's interesting that she she thinks this could be motivation for more people, uh, save whatever the, the thing is uh, that maybe you thought you looked real good in. And then just leave it off to the side and then years later, try it on again. And if you look like this woman, you're going to go viral on social media. Although she probably could have gone viral 10 years ago, uh, five years ago, uh, yesterday. It didn't matter. All right. Quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, after the break, I have uh, shockingly even less serious stuff to talk about for the most part. I'll, I'll work in a, a thing that matters. Uh, but first this. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. It's a Friday. I probably shouldn't tease a segment by saying I'm going to talk about basically stuff that doesn't matter. It matters to me, and I'll make it matter to you. But I'll talk about some stuff that actually matters as well. Uh, first, there's this. I thought this was interesting. Uh, the Mexican government said late last night that they're going to um, reconsider legal and diplomatic measures over Florida's movement of migrants within our country. And they actually condemned Florida's relocation of migrants from uh, places typically actually in Texas, not even in Florida, out uh, of places like California. Uh, this is an interesting stand for Mexico to have, uh, by the way, for a couple reasons. Uh, first and foremost, if uh, Mexico and their government uh, cares about the um, illegal immigrants that are coming into our country uh, that shouldn't be in our country, it shouldn't really be relevant uh, what place they're ending up, especially if the people are signing documents and saying they're they're thrilled to be moved wherever they're going to be moved uh, within the country. So that's that's interesting, first and foremost. And then also uh, just beyond that, uh, being more of like a specific target uh, version of a statement as far as Florida is concerned is is sort of profound to me. I wonder if a lot of people really wish that uh, Mexico and, and granted, not just Mexico, but a lot more of of Latin America uh, cared about the way in which we're seeing what we're seeing right now, uh, the influx of people coming to our border and getting into our country illegally and prevented it uh, with us, uh, which is not something they seem uh, those other countries uh, just south of us to do all that often, um, because countries like Mexico typically know that anyone who's moving through there with the intent to get to the United States isn't staying in Mexico. It's actually exactly the same thing that I think someone like a Governor DeSantis is trying to show to the Democratic uh, cities in our country that are not uh, dealing with the influx of people uh, that, say, border towns in Texas are dealing with. Because if people aren't staying in your area, in your community, uh, in uh, a place that you're in charge of, uh, then you're not really as concerned about the impact they're having on, say, uh, the ability to, to 
uh, even stay uh, a place that's that's under control or a place that uh, can do certain things, not a place that's taxed for resources, uh, for the government resources and whatnot. Uh, this is a very interesting conversation for me, uh, and certainly because Mexico is now uh, taking a uniquely specific stand as opposed to a, we don't like what's going on any more than you guys do, uh, because again, the whole going through the country part is is probably why Mexico has never tried uh, any harder uh, than anyone else uh, in Latin America to secure their own uh, borders and prevent people from uh, making their way through. Because everybody that comes uh, to our country from the southern border, they're not all Mexican. They're coming from all different countries, and they're just sort of uh, going through Mexico, uh, which I, I do think, again, is interesting. I, I saw this. Um, George Santos is in a kind of ridiculous legal battle now. And that's saying something in the world of George Santos, the embattled politician out of New York uh, who lied about a bunch of stuff and then got in trouble for lying about a bunch of stuff and uh, might wind up getting in, in pretty significant uh, trouble for it. Uh, apparently, the people who paid his bond, $500,000 to get him out of jail, are, are anonymous, and he claims they're family members. Uh, but now, apparently, a defense attorney that's going after uh, George Santos is trying to prove that those family members don't exist uh, basically he made him up. Uh, he wants to know who they are because he's, I guess, accusing Santos of paying his own way out, his own bond out, which somehow wouldn't be OK. Uh, but this is this is a confusing. I don't even know what to think of this one. Uh, but I almost kind of feel like with the Santos story, which we hear about uh, very little uh, now, it's like every single thing the guy says, uh, someone's going to go after and see if it's a lie. And unfortunately for Santos, uh, they've been finding a lot more lies than truths and all this stuff. But I, again, I don't know what to make of this. Um, the Santos team, his attorneys are saying that his family members have every right to privacy uh, that's protected. So why are they even asking these questions? It doesn't matter uh, in the first place. Uh, other things out there that I thought were uh, interesting, too. Uh, air quality is improving throughout uh, the East Coast in the United States, uh, but there are still wildfires going on in Canada. Uh, this has been, for me, uh, just sort of a unique thing to see on social media, to see photos of people uh, that are on the East Coast, either friends of mine or just uh, things that go viral and the really crazy orange hazy sky uh, that existed and still sort of exists there. Um, and then the conversation about whether or not there was um, air that was safe to, to breathe. Uh, there's certainly, uh, you know, avenues to go on that one. Uh, but it was just like uniquely apocalyptic looking. Now, I'm not saying that I actually thought it was something that was uh, a huge risk to the people uh, throughout the East Coast. I know some people started throwing on masks and stuff, but just the images themselves are sort of unique. And in the world we're in, when you wake up every morning and a bunch of the news is terrible and awful and things are crazy, and then you see a very ominous version of a photo uh, somewhere else in our country, you start to wonder if it's all it's all you know going to be packed in soon. Uh, and then actually also there's uh, stories earlier this week about aliens, which I still care about, uh, but I'm trying not to talk about too much on the show until we know more things. Uh, but there there are claims, new claims, and yes, there have been claims before uh, that the United States is aliens or alien ships or maybe, you know, alien pilots that are no longer uh, with us. But we, we I don't know. <laughs> I can't I can't get over the fact there's a whistleblower, like a, a credible one uh, that worked in government places, somebody who served our country, uh, served in, in Afghanistan, I believe, uh, that's saying that there's there's things we don't know. And there's a report coming up on Sunday on News Nation. Uh, which is not right-leaning for anyone that's throwing all this out as tinfoil hat conservative conspiracy, um, and I'm going to be watching it and then try very hard to not talk about it a whole bunch uh, when I get here on Monday, uh, depending on what they say. Maybe it'll be boring. Maybe it'll be like nothing, and I'll just be saying, I can't. I don't think so. I think anything they say in the world of aliens, I'll be very in. Uh, a couple other quick things. 
81% of people type lowercase LOL instead of capital LOL. I don't know why anyone uh, needed to look into this. Uh, the acronym for laugh out loud, 56% of people uh, say LOL, 32% say LMAO, uh, laughing my bleep off, and 12% use something else. This is just bored. These people are just bored. I think this was a BuzzFeed survey, actually, too. Uh, but I love the data I can provide to you on this show about pretty much anything. Uh, anything out there at all, including uh, your uh, preference or claim preference in the world of, of acronyms for laughing, uh, which I think I overuse. Anyone who texts me uh, says that I use ha-ha and LOL too much. So really, I'm just reflecting on myself uh, here in this segment. And then actually this story, I think this one's more interesting. Um, and 309-340-4464, if you want to give me your opinion on it, I would love it. 309-340-4464, you can text me. At that number, you can call and leave a voicemail, too, if you want. So a, a teenager uh, went viral on social media. Uh, this teenager was on a flight from Vegas to New York and asked to switch seats. The reason the teen said they wanted to switch seats is they were placed in a middle seat, and the people on each side of them, uh, they said, were, quote, plus-sized. So the 19-year-old said that he was uncomfortable uh, in the position he was in and wanted another spot on the plane if one existed. Uh, this story went viral. And I think it probably went viral because the kid went to uh, one of my favorite places on um, on Reddit, the "Am I the bleep?" and asked the question, "Am I the jerk? Uh, am I the a word for asking to be moved when I was in a situation where I felt uncomfortable?" And where probably the other people uh, sitting in my um, aisle felt uncomfortable because we were all squished in there. And a lot of people said yes, that you're a bad person, that you're quote fat phobic for asking to be moved if you're in a situation where the people on both sides of you and, and you are struggling to share the space you've been given uh, well. And I, I sort of think that that's uh, ridiculous. And here's what I mean by that is if you're uncomfortable, if you're you're squished at all and other people are squished, that's sort of like a definitive thing, right? And I know we have a lot of these examples of stuff we can talk about uh, where people say that you overreact and you, you get accused of being an ist or, or something and it's somehow bad. But this one's like the, the most amusing one I've seen because I don't even know if the 19-year-old said anything disparaging about the people they were sitting next to. I think all the, the kids said is, hey, uh, is there any other spot to sit on this plane? Because the three of us here don't fit well as a group. I don't even think you have to be more specific than that. And if they had an open seat on the plane and the kid gets to move somewhere else, like, good. That seems good. It seems uh, worse to say, no, you can't move because moving is somehow going to be a, a message that's negative uh, to somebody, whether that somebody is even on this plane. Because I'd imagine if the two people sitting on the sides of this kid were also crammed in, that having the kid go away, having the middle seat be open, was probably a blessing to both other people. Uh, probably all three people involved were like, oh, cool, uh, more elbow room. Uh, but yet we, we talk about it. The Internet goes uh, crazy about it. And the overwhelming amount of people to respond to this said no one should do this in a similar situation because it is, again, quote, fat phobic. And that's, that's just very confusing to me. And I don't have an answer on it. And 309 Three four zero four four six four. I'd love your reaction. I'd love your um, input as to whether or not you think this is somehow bad uh, to say if I'm uh, squished and two other people are squished and one of us can move and we have an extra seat to move. Uh, somehow that's that's not a good thing and a bad thing uh, for all involved. Because I, I am at a loss on that one. A uh, quick break. Will's got the news. Fourteen seventies and AM. One hundred point threes and FM. All over the internet. WMBDRadio.com and the WMBD uh, radio app, or just tell your smart speaker, hey, 
uh, play WMBD Radio and hear Will Stevenson talk about this. You have to be about the size of a pencil to be able to sit in some airplane seats anyway. In the middle seat. Like, yeah, you really, like that's, everybody's that's uncomfortable. That awful. I know. I would ask to move all the time. Yeah, I, or just do what I do and stay home. <laughs> Don't ever go anywhere, and this will not be a problem. This PSA has been brought to you by Will Stevenson. You can fit on your sofa okay, a lot better than an airplane we actually, seat. We actually have to record this PSA. Will Stevenson, go nowhere. <laughs> Hi, I'm Will Stevenson. <laughs> have you ever had the desire to travel somewhere? Have you ever sat in an uncomfortable airplane seat next to somebody who couldn't fit into the seat? Have you ever had any sort of negative experience whatsoever while doing things in your life. Well, I've got Here the solution is for you. an easy solution. <laughs> Never go anywhere. Do nothing. The more you know. News director, Will Stevenson. All Thank right, go you. ahead, sir. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, a buddy of mine, his name is Nick Leroy. He's also the guy behind NTL Productions. Is going to be putting on a lot of concerts? Uh, well, he puts on a lot of concerts all the time, but a lot of concerts all summer long in Bloomington. And we're not that far uh, we go all the time to Castle Theater or the Corn Crib uh, Stadium for shows. Uh, Nick, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Craig. Thanks for having me, buddy. Thrilled to have you on. So you made a big announcement uh, this week. Um, who is coming to the Corn Crib and when? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're really excited to have a couple legends in the hip-hop and pop uh, industry. Uh, Ludacris, along with Flo Rida, will be playing the Corn Crib Baseball Stadium in Normal, Illinois, on uh, Friday, September 29th. Tickets just went on sale today uh, at 2 p.m., and those, they're already flying off the shelf. And we're actually going to be giving away tickets, uh, a set of tickets, a set of really fancy tickets at the end of this conversation. So if you're listening now and you like Ludacris or Flo Ridas, keep listening, and I'll announce what um, winner, what number caller will win in just a little bit. Um, you've done a lot of shows at the Corn Crib over the last few years. Uh, what's that venue like for anyone that hasn't seen a, a concert there or a ball game there uh, here in Peoria? Yeah, sure. I mean, well, first and foremost, it's a it's an amazing facility. Uh, we're really lucky to have those guys as partners. Uh, it kind of started during COVID, uh, you know, when we couldn't really do a lot in the music industry. So we 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 created a, an event called Distance at the Diamond, and we did a number of shows with like Blues Traveler, Jason Isabel, and we we basically created a bunch of grids on the field that people could have their own space and still enjoy live entertainment while being outside. Sure. Uh, so since, since that experience, we're now you know removed from COVID, thank, thank goodness. And uh, our relationship stays intact with the Corn Belters uh, baseball franchise. And, you know, they, they do a ton of baseball events there throughout the summer. I think there's a game six days a week. Um, but other than that, they really uh, are behind the entertainment sector and they want to utilize their space uh, for as many events as possible. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm I'm really uh, kind of excited. Uh, we've known each other for a bit to see just how many different things you've brought in out of the Corn Crib Stadium there on um, 1000 uh, Rab Road in Normal. Uh, what other shows are coming up at any of the places that NTL is putting play, uh, shows on? Are there anything else? Is there anything else you want to tease? Yeah, sure. No, I mean, we, so we call it Concerts at the Crib. We've got two different locations there at the Corn Crib. We're going to do a number of shows on their concourse. It's a really great setup that we created last summer. Um, it holds a thousand people, and we've got a number of shows. We've got uh, Thursday, August 24th. We have Uncle Crocker uh, playing live on the concourse, and then the next day, Friday 25th, August 25th, we have uh, a tribute uh, to Van Halen and a, and a tribute to well, Kiss. Um, so two great rock bands nice. are going to be portrayed that night, and then on Friday, September 8th. We have uh, Tennessee Whiskey. It's a tribute to Chris Stapleton, along with an Eric Church experience. 
And then on Friday, September 22nd, we have the Ultimate 90s Dance Party uh, with Full House. It's always a huge hit with those guys. Uh, just a bunch of sing-alongs, yeah. videos to go along with their songs. They're, they're super fun. And uh, stay tuned because we have more announcements to make for the Corn Crib yet this summer. We've got some country shows, uh, original acts, uh, some, some more party bands. So we're really trying to utilize that, that gorgeous venue there in Normal and, and get folks out for some entertainment. You know, I talked to the guy who runs the uh, Civic Center here, uh, the general manager, quite a bit in Peoria, and how important it is to have eclectic entertainment in these venues. It sounds like you're going after that exact same thing uh, since you have kind of shows from all over the place. Uh, why is that something that you think is is a valuable aspect of putting in, you know, big giant performances in the corn crib um, for, you know, people of all different tastes and maybe even some people who show up to one wind up helping you uh, book something else that they go to that they might like uh, more, you know, like um, um, broadening your horizons is something that usually winds up just benefiting everybody in a community as far as the types of talent uh, you get to come out, right? Yeah, for sure, Craig. I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years now in Central Illinois, going on 15 years. And I first started doing this as a hobby. And, uh, you know, being selfish, uh, I booked just music that I particularly liked, uh, which did help kind of create my brand and, and the kind of genres I was really into. Um, but over time, when I when I turned this into a real company, uh, I realized that uh, there's all kinds of different tastes for music out there. So we, we try to accommodate, you know, blues, funk, soul, rock, country, tribute bands we do comedy shows um you know we want to do some latino shows coming up so you know everybody should have the right to be entertained um and and have some options that aren't just directed towards one genre all the time sure are you still running your own venue uh there in that area too yeah sure so i I actually sold the stable music hall and lounge i operated that for just under a few years and i sold uh my assets to the the good my good buddies from peoria there uh nice brothers craft tap room nice that's awesome. So poor um, brothers, yeah, poor brothers will be coming over here, and uh, you know, I just realized that I like doing concerts all over the Midwest and lots of different venues, and and ultimately, I really just didn't want to own a bar anymore, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> so I have guys. I have one other good friend who owned a bar for a few years, and he would uh, describe it similarly to how you just did. It was a real blast while you were doing it, and it's sort of like when you sell your boat. Uh, that's also not a bad day to not have a boat anymore. So I get yeah, it, man. The pool, the boat, uh-huh. the, whole, the whole deal, anything, kind of uh, same thing. Are you still? I, I will say, yeah, go ahead. We have we have started to work with the 3300 Event Center. We put on four really great events there. It's the old stage two up on Willow Knolls. Sure. Um, we've got more in the works. We we've kind of rebranded the music side. We call it the Revival Music Hall. So if anybody sees that online, that's what it is. It's the the old stage two 3300 Event Center there. Um, really cool space, and we, we've got a lot of um, neat shows that we're bringing through there. We do have uh, we do have Reverend Horton Heat coming through. Uh, on August, let me get that straight. Um, August 26th is the Reverend Horton Heat. Nice. Um, which is, was going to be in Peoria. Rock, rockabilly, uh, just legend from Texas. Um, so yeah, besides for the normal corn crib stuff, we hope to be bringing a lot more stuff to Peoria in the coming months and in, in the fall and the winter season. And just, uh, you know, keep plugging away, yeah. um, besides for our other venues that we have. We, we go into about six other venues in about four different states. Um, but, are there, yeah, we do the most right here in Central Illinois, and uh, you know the fans here have, have done nothing but been supportive. Yeah, are there any other um, locations that are, are close by uh, that you have some shows coming up at, other than the Corn Crib and other than the thirty three hundred Event Center? You know, you know, we've got some little things. We get we get hired to do different municipality stuff. So up in the city of Ottawa, Illinois, near Star Rock, sure, uh, that's where I went to high school. 
Uh, I just commissioned a deal with the city and a local business owner there, so stay tuned nice. on ntlshows.com. We're going to be announcing a Riverfront concert series uh, this fall. Um, but, you know, they, this random, we do a lot of stuff in Springfield at the Dannenberger Family Vineyards. It's a really beautiful winery in Springfield, Illinois. Cool. They have an outdoor concert space, and they have a, a really neat indoor space as well. Cool. Um, so we, we do a number of things with, with those folks as well down in Springfield. Awesome. NTLshows.com is a place to go and see all the stuff that NTL Productions is doing. Uh, you've given me two tickets to give away uh, right now, um, and I'm very excited about this because these are fancy tickets, right? Yeah, these are going to be party pit tickets. So the first 15 rows is a very select amount that we're even selling for these. It's a standing room only, but you'll be you'll be up close, up close and personal. And it looks like Flo Rida likes to bring folks on stage and dance with them. So your chances <laughs> of getting on stage with Flo Rida oh. are really good in this scenario. I love, if anybody who wins these tickets gets up on stage and dances with uh, Flo Rida or Ludacris, you have to absolutely send that video to me. Um, but now I don't know that that should be a requirement. Uh, but thank you for making that a possibility. The tenth caller right now uh, to three zero nine six eight five fourteen seventy. 309-685-1470 wins two tickets to see Ludacris and Florida uh, in normal at the Corn Crib Stadium on uh, Friday, September 29th at 7 p.m. Uh, thanks, buddy. I look forward to talking again soon. Make sure they wear their apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. <laughs> Amen. All right. Thank you again. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate Perfect. It, buddy. All right. Talk to you later. Quick break. A lot more. 10th caller right now winning some free tickets, some fancy tickets uh, to a show coming up in September. Uh, more of the Craig Collins Show just after this. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. The tickets have been won. I apologize to all those still calling in. The phone line's lit up, man. Uh, you know what's funny? Uh, sometimes I'm just going to say this quick, and this might not be uh, a good thing to throw out there, but it is, it is what it is. Sometimes you wonder if a whole lot of people listen to radio. I, I get some awesome interactions now uh, via text message, and you can text me still if you want to interact with the show, 309-340-4464, 309-340-4464. I get uh, messages on social media, facebook.com uh, slash Craig Collins Radio or Craig Collins Show. I think both work uh, to find me there. Uh, but the phones are, are lit up. I was even wondering if Ludacris and Flo Rida uh, would have the, the uh, mass appeal uh, that I thought it would have. And uh, Jacob Craig is the guy who won, so congratulations to him. I know it sounds like the fix is in. I promise no connection, no relation whatsoever. Uh, he was uh, pretty stoked uh, when he uh, won those tickets just a second ago, and he said his wife is going to be thrilled too. Uh, so Jacob Craig wins two tickets uh, to see uh, Ludacris and Flo Rida at the Corn Crib in Normal. Uh, and as I said, that show is in September. September 29th, 7 p.m. Uh, is when it starts. 5 p.m. Uh, the doors open. I love the fact that it's also called a party pit uh, for the standing room only tickets we just gave away because it sounds like it's going to be nuts. And actually, since uh, Flo Rida and, and um, Ludacris are people that might have a fan base in my age group, uh, like millennials and whatnot. I feel like it's a nuts party that some haven't experienced for a few years. So you're going to be dusting off your uh, partying in the front of the pit uh, shoes in order to do that. I don't know why I like that so much. Um, of course, one of the biggest stories uh, to talk about transitioning to some of the news of the day, and I've talked about this on and off uh, a bit uh, here, is the, um, um, the indictment of former President Donald Trump as far as the accusation that he mishandled classified documents. And then I guess more specifically, uh, according to those who want to draw a, a unique line between uh, Trump and Biden or Trump and Pence or Trump and anyone, uh, which people always draw lines between Trump and anyone, uh, he may have tried not to give back 
uh, those documents. It's at least the accusation. Uh, and if you remember uh, early on in this story, there was legitimate confusion. There were moments where apparently people said, well, if you put a lock on this here, if you do that there, that's fine. This is fine. And eventually the con- uh, the uh, conflicting information uh, got to the point that we're at now. Um, I'll say a couple things. And I was listening to Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins uh, discuss this throughout their show today. And they did a great job talking about it. Um, I'm sure that uh, Greg and Dan uh, discussed this, too. And I'm sure that everyone's going to keep talking about this uh, for a while now here and pretty much everywhere. Um, but one of the things that seems to be agreed on by a lot of people, and uh, Van Camp was saying this, is there's a high likelihood uh, that Trump winds up being found guilty. Uh, not necessarily because he's any more guilty of certain crimes than, say, Biden or Pence is, uh, but because of the type of, of court case this is and the way in which um, for federal charges, uh, these are these are winnable and um, have a pretty high percentage of of getting the indictment and then getting the, the guilty verdict um, as far as other things are. The, the case out of New York is is trash. Uh, Trump's felony charges are something that almost no legal expert believes actually should have been inflated to felony charges. And it's weird that those came first. Uh, these ones are a more significant risk. Uh, however, and this has been said by a lot of people, I'm sure, of course, by uh, Trump supporters or, or conservatives in general, um, it's weird to say the very like, – that's a nice word. It's, it's crap uh, that Biden and um, Pence committed basically the same crime. Like in some ways, you could argue actually worse versions of the crime as far as Biden and having classified documents for years just sort of at his home in his garage that he didn't even know about. I mean, Biden's version of go look at my house, there might be stuff there, uh, which maybe he looked and already knew there was. I'm sure a lot of people think that like in any scenario, it's not it's not a good look for us and how long it was there. Uh, But if Biden faces no charges and Pence is already going to face no charges, it's very easy uh, to accuse this and and rightfully so of being politically motivated, of being unfair uh, versions of applying rules here and not applying them there. And I think there's a lot of things that are going to come from that. Uh, The most significant thing is I think it does make Trump the overwhelmingly likely candidate to win the Republican nomination for uh, president in 2024. If he goes on to actually win the the, uh, full uh, election, that's that's uniquely a different thing and actually a thing that would really benefit him uh, because he'd be unlikely to be done uh, this federal case. And once he's the president, he can pardon himself uh, because the president can pardon them, can pardon anybody of any sort of uh, felony accusation. So that, that would be an interesting uh, end result of this if that happens. Uh, but I will say more significantly, it, it seems as though Democrats want this. And I, I know that you're just like, yeah, Craig, we get it. Now, I don't mean they want uh, Trump to be in trouble legally. It seems that they want Trump to win the Republican nomination uh, because I think the belief from everything I'm seeing here is that this made Trump more beatable in a general election, at least as far as, um, liberal or some independent thought people out there are saying. And so it, it's sort of a, a trap, essentially. Uh, I don't know if I totally agree with that. I think that if um, this winds up being a swell of support for the former president from a lot of people that see him as unfairly targeted, especially when and if it's officially announced that Biden won't face any charges, which I don't think has actually happened yet. Uh, someone please correct me if I'm wrong on that. 309 340 uh, four four six four is the phone number that you can send me a text to. Um, but I, I think it will be easy for a lot of people to see this as as unfair 
uh, picking and choosing who actually winds up in trouble for something. Uh, but more importantly than anything else, uh, what I think is like just fascinating uh, about this is that it is absolutely election um, uh, interference. I, I don't know how anyone could argue it's not uh, because you have someone uh, that is the overwhelming favorite on the Republican side of the aisle uh, running for office and likely to be tremendously hampered uh, by everything that will be this legal process, uh, which won't be over, but certainly be going on uh, during the next year or two. I have to make court cases. Uh, you're not allowed to say certain things. If you say certain things, you might wind up getting in trouble for those uh, in the courtrooms that you're being you know, dragged into. Essentially, you are at the very, very least in some way, shape or form controlling the speech, uh, the message, the conversation uh, that someone is having with the American people. Uh, that is running for an office that's fairly important in our country. And so I'll say something I said earlier, and then I'll move on to some other stuff, uh, and I'll say it, I guess, in a, a quicker way this time. But I really do believe it, and I know no one's thinking it's going to happen. Uh, literally no one out there uh, is going to agree with me that there's any shot in heck. Actually, I don't even know if I, I think there's any shot of this occurring, but I think it would be profound if it did. Biden should pardon Trump. I mean, think about the, the brains that would explode uh, in the moment when that happened, and then Biden might still get in trouble. Who knows? Um, While well, he could pardon himself then, I guess. Uh, but I, I do think it's interesting uh, that that would be the absolute most definitive demonstration. And I'm sure that anybody who hates Trump hates this idea, thinks I'm an absolute moron, and thinks the only reason I say it on my show is because my show is a conservative uh, talk show. But that's truthfully not the reason I say it, because I don't actually think it's going to happen. I just think it would be fascinating because like, – and Biden can't execute on this, by the way. He doesn't have any of the skill set necessary to do it. But think about a Democratic president uh, walking up to a podium and saying these things. Um, I am officially pardoning the former um, president, uh, someone who's a leading candidate on the opposite side of the political aisle for an office I'm trying to win again uh, for a crime that he committed or didn't – I don't know if you even have to do it that way, uh, but something that I, I did too. I did it different than him, and I'm sure that's how Biden would say it, but I did it, and uh, I'm not likely to be in trouble, so why should he be in trouble? And let's see the best man win in the upcoming um, uh, general election. Thank you very much, and good night. That would be legacy building as far as trying to reach across the aisle. And I know um, people would say, well, if you, if you did something wrong, uh, you deserve to be in trouble for it. There are a lot of other presidents who did things wrong that didn't get in trouble for it. Uh, Bill Clinton is the easiest one to use as an example uh, because he's one of the most recent ones uh, to use as an example. Of course, some of the stuff going on with um, with uh, President Biden and the accusation that he got $5 million from Ukraine, uniquely another thing and not a thing I would actually want to see anything other than a punishment doled out for. And that's because the business dealing with the foreign country is, is absolutely uh, putting our safety uh, here in the United States at risk. Having classified documents, the assumption is that if they uh, got into the wrong hands would put us at risk. But actually working with other countries, uh, being, you know, someone who owes people favors, uh, that's much different and much worse, uh, in my opinion, just because it's a definitive worst case scenario as far as classified documents go. Uh, but just get back to it one more time and then truly move on uh, to other things. It, it would be, I think, the most um, uh, unique way to try to remove the very polarized version of political society that we have right now, there'd be a lot of passionate Trump fans who would at least be, I'm not sure if I should say it this way, grateful uh, that Biden was the one that pardoned Trump and acknowledged that he did the same thing. That Trump, like there's so many reasons. This is what you do when you have two little kids who get in a fight 
Um, maybe one of them's your own kid. And you're like, okay, you got to apologize to him and he's got to apologize to you. You both did bad stuff. That's what that is, just as an adult uh, version, an adult level. At least that's my pitch of it. And I know people are hearing it differently. But anyway, there is other stuff out there uh, to talk about. You got the top five at five uh, coming up just a little bit on the Craig Collins show. Uh, we're actually also going to have, I don't know, I just did that third person on this show. Uh, we're also going to have Brett Brooks in studio. Uh, she's bringing along uh, someone who is the official winner of the Juneteenth beauty pageant. Uh, that's, um, I guess, just it's sort of like an honorary winner this year. Uh, next year, they're going to have a whole pageant and things. Uh, so she'll be here in the next half hour or so. Uh, we're going to cram in a, a good story, bad story, too. Uh, but the top five at five is the five biggest news stories, according to me, um, every single day at five o'clock uh, in no particular order. I don't want to be you know, connected uh, to how I throw those things out there. They're just kind of flying out random. Uh, that feels wrong. And yet I said it that way. Uh, but a quick break and a lot more in just a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Houghton Show. It's the top five at five uh, right now. We're going to do this kind of quick because uh, then we got good story, bad story to get to, and we're going to try to take a break, and we're going to have some guests on all in this half hour. Uh, first, though, and I'm going to start with a, a different uh, top story uh, than people are starting with. Yes, Trump and his indictment is the conversation a lot of places. Uh, but one thing that I think is is really interesting is that there's a politician out there uh, saying that this whole uh, Biden thing, and by Biden thing, I mean the accusation that Biden got $5 million uh, from Burisma and from Ukraine, uh, the energy company in Ukraine, as a bribe. Uh, actually, Hunter Biden would have got 10 mil and then some um, weird different versions of moving money around, a la like the mafia, I would have eventually gotten $5 million somehow to the big guy. And that's the part that's still, I guess, um, a debatable part. Uh, but Jamie Raskin is saying that, you know what? Trump's administration, Trump's team decided to not try to go after this. They decided there was nothing there. And Bill Barr, someone who's not at all a fan of uh, the former president and has said so multiple times, I was interviewed last night on Fox News to call that complete crap. And you're going to hear that reported a lot of places. And the intention of that is to tell you that this is manufactured political attacks on our current president uh, that have no basis in reality and um, that they themselves, being the, the conservatives, already showed their hand on this because they didn't go ahead and, and do more uh, when they found out this information when Trump was in office. Uh, Bill Barr would be the guy to ask, the former attorney general, and he answered this question pretty much as directly as you possibly can. Uh, here we go. Thank you. So um, we've, we've seen uh, Congressman Raskin go back and forth on this. Uh, he says that the investigation was started under your watch in the Pittsburgh uh, division, and then it was, it was shut down. And he says if Bill Barr has a problem with it's not his problem, not with me and what I'm saying. His problem is with what happened at the FBI to his investigation because they closed it in August of 2020. What do you say? Well, Mr. Raskin is, is confused as to the process <laughs> that was involved in uh -oh. the nature of the exercise in Pittsburgh. Actually, there were a number of investigations going on in the department relating to the Ukraine and, and in some cases uh, relating to, the, uh, to Hunter Biden and, and the Bidens. Uh, and in the beginning of the election year, 2020, I set up, and this is well covered in the news at the time, I set up a special process in Pittsburgh that was not an investigation of the case, 
but was an intake process to make sure that evidence that was pouring in was screened to make sure that it was credible evidence, determine its source, determine whether it could be disinformation. And we did that because we didn't want proliferating investigations around the country uh, going into the election year, all related. Well, that's weird. Why would you uh, not want a whole bunch of investigations and, and you know, trials and whatnot and things all happening at the same time right before a um, presidential um, uh, election? That's weird. It seems like you didn't want to interfere with an election. Continue, sir. Continue, Mr. Barnes to the Bidens, uh, we wanted to, and we also wanted to protect the integrity of the investigations that were going on. So this was, an, this was a screening, a clearinghouse function to check evidence out before sending it to the ongoing investigations. And in that process, and because that process was set up, they developed the information that is now uh, in controversy, this 1023, uh, and it did not, in my recollection, come from Giuliani, uh, as, as uh, Mr. Raskin suggests. <laughs> it was stuff that was developed within the department and the FBI from confidential human source. And he goes on to say that it's stuff that's credible, it's stuff that matters, and he has um, his full support, um, or he's giving his full support to what's going on right now as far as, in, as far as continuing the investigation. So anyone, anywhere, that reports to you that conservatives didn't want to investigate the thing that Biden's accused of now when they were in power is not getting it right, just like uh, Jamie Raskin is not getting it right. And you heard from literally the guy in the office, the former Attorney General Bill Barr, uh, in saying that, someone who has no reason to protect Trump because, well, he showed more often than not that he hates the former president, or at least uh, definitely likes to talk uh, poorly about President Trump. I think that's very interesting and underreported is what I would say about that. Uh, other stuff out there that I think is interesting. I love this. Uh, this headline is amazing. Um, I'll go ahead and read it first, and then I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about it. Uh, Trump has officially named Hunter Biden as his running mate, so the DOJ will stop investigating him. Uh, that's the Babylon Bee, and I wish that were true because uh, that, that would be a genius move. Uh, because they probably would move on from that and actually also do some uh, business deals some places. Why not, guys? Uh, it'll be just fine. Um, but that is uh, part of uh, what is a big, giant reaction all over social media and other places uh, to uh, former President Trump uh, being indicted on charges of, of mishandling classified documents. Uh, one of the more interesting things in this accusation and everything uh, that's going back and forth, just to touch on it quickly as part of uh, the top five at five, is the uh, first judge who's been appointed to this case is actually a, a Trump appointee. Uh, that federal judge is named um, uh, Eileen Cannon, and I don't know if she'll be on the case the entire time. She actually ruled once in favor of Trump lawyers, and mainstream media thought she got something wrong. Uh, so we'll see if that has any impact at all. Uh, but many people, Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins, uh, one example I keep throwing out, um, because they're on our radio station, have been saying that this is going to be tough uh, for Trump to beat. There's There's a lot of um, likelihood uh, that the federal case does wind up uh, being um, found to be something that's not going to go Trump's way uh, just because of historically how these sort of things go. Uh, will it impact the election? Of course it will. Uh, will it actually potentially benefit Trump? It very well might. I, I bet you he's already getting uh, more donations and a lot of people on the conservative side of the aisle and actually even the amount of, of people running in general uh, might benefit Trump because he seems to be uniquely getting targeted, uh, or at least he can definitely say that to his supporters, that he's uniquely getting targeted. And then um, when you're trying to stand out in a field, and Trump already stood out in that field, he was already winning uh, to get more 
of a spotlight on you probably is not great for anyone else uh, that was trying to uh, skyrocket into the conversation, even DeSantis, who is uh, fading. Uh, One other thing that I think is interesting as far as uh, everything about um, uh, this case goes, uh, what the charges themselves are, I can run through a list of them, willful retention of national defense information, Uh, other people did that, conspiracy to obstruct justice, uh, withholding a document or a record, uh, uh, corruptly concealing a document or a record, concealing a document in a federal investigation, a scheme to conceal, false statements and representations, false statements and representations. Those are essentially the the charges, or at least a, a simplified summary of what those charges are. And again, uh, the most significant of those charges are having classified documents in places you shouldn't have them. And, well, we have some other people that are guilty of that, uh, too. Uh, just other things out there as far as top five at five, and we're probably only going to do a top three and then take a break. Uh, I saw that the wildfires in California, excuse me, in Canada are starting to, to slow down. Uh, that means that the air quality or just the overall terrifying version of, of orange sky Armageddon-esque photos are going to be going away throughout the East Coast. Uh, that seems like a good thing. Uh, exactly when that will entirely end, I guess, is still uh, somewhat up in question. And then actually, you know, we'll go ahead and do this, too. Uh, we'll do a good story, bad story real quick because we'll take a break. And then I think uh, we already have some guests here. Uh, good story first. And by the way, I, I should explain this. A good story is uh, something that makes you feel like, hey, there's there's hope in the world. And then I immediately take it away by doing the opposite because uh, there's also a bad story out there every single time. Uh, but maybe it's a Friday. Maybe we'll just do a good story and then we'll take a break. Um, I like this story a lot. An 82-year-old crossing guard in Newcastle, Delaware, her name's Dolores, is retiring after 51 years. Her last day on the job is today, and she's celebrating her retirement by crossing an item off of her bucket list. She's getting a nose piercing. 82 years old, uh, Dolores probably telling a bunch of the young kids as she's helping them cross the road, um, you know, don't get your nose pierced. Who knows uh, what she's even saying? And then all of a sudden she's like, I don't know. I got to get it pierced now. I do have a little bit of audio to go with this story, and I do really like this, that she waited till she quit her job. Uh, before she, uh, you know, did this, because maybe her employer would have been upset with her. Who knows? Well, it's been a pleasure being here 51 years. Um, My husband retired from General Motors. I just decided that it was time for me to leave now. (laughs) It's time for me to leave. Time for me to pierce the old old nose. All right, I'm not going to do a bad story today because it's Friday and we deserve a break. And there's a lot of bad stories in the world of just basic news anyway. So quick break, a lot more. I believe we'll have... Uh, Brett Brooks and another guest in just a bit, uh, Brett Brooks from 25 News, uh, talking about some things coming up and some things uh, you'll be seeing on TV. Uh, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Do I feel fancy? Yes, I feel fancy. Uh, the reason why I feel fancy is Brett Brooks is sitting right here, uh, right next to me. Hi, Brett. How are you doing? Hi. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. And something I love uh, happened. Uh, you were texting me and you're like, I'm almost there. And then my news director uh, burst in here, uh, Will Stevenson. He's like, no way. Brett Books is uh, coming to the show. She was just on television. I just saw her. And then, boom, here you are. <laughs> did you move at warp speed? What happened? How did you get here? You know, by being a pageant girl, I am mm. able to just manifest my way gotcha. other places. Okay. You run in heels. You're wearing heels. And uh, we've talked about this heels. before. Your yes. ability to run in heels is impressive. Uh, at some point, you Thank should you. probably be in an action movie of Thank some you. kind. I imagine you're welcome. Uh, what's going on at the <laughs> riverfront? What are you reporting on? So if you guys just saw me a couple of minutes ago, I was on the world's largest bouncy house. 
is something that the Park District did for the very first time thanks to a half million dollar grant, a tourism grant that they received. Nice. So it's going on until 6.30 tonight and it goes, it starts tomorrow morning and it goes until about 10 o'clock tonight, but there's also a drone and a light show happening. Okay. That part is free. The bounce house is by age divisions for tomorrow and almost all of the ticket slots are sold out. So gotcha. if you want your kid to go experience the rollout to bounce house, I would definitely try to get your tickets today. You're having a great time is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, you're going to be back on TV in uh, like 10 minutes. Yes, so I am. I, this feels great. Uh, you brought in a friend with you. Uh, you brought in Cassie. Uh, Cassie, uh, please introduce yourself. Hi, and welcome to the show. Hi, I'm Cassie. I'm Miss Cassie J. That's what I'm mostly known as, but I'm also the new Miss Juneteenth. Nice. Peoria. Look at that. Congratulations. The announcement Thank that you've you. been. Thank you. Uh, you've been appointed. Uh, a lot of people sent in uh, stuff, uh, right? And then we picked yes. the winner. Oh, was that a very difficult process? It the, was the whole appointing thing? It was, but Miss Cassie is so remarkable. She is a dance coach for the Royal Family Dance Team. It was a majorette dance team. Oh, wow. I did a story about them. If you guys want to watch it, a couple of weeks, <laughs> nice. probably like two months ago. And she's also she worked with the girls track program at Peoria High School. So, and she's a model. I met her through modeling events here in Peoria. So, she was one of the obvious choices. So, this year we appointed someone. We open up the applications to anyone mm. who to able to apply, and then me and another woman named Lexi narrowed down to who cool. we thought was the best. Was there kids. arguing? Was there Were there like throwing of things at some point when you guys no. were down on the wire? Okay. No, there wasn't. Right, that's what I envisioned. Right, so, well, then you were a clear winner, obviously, Cassie, so that's even easier. Uh, next year, you guys are going to have the whole pageanty thing with like people and judges, right? Yes. So next year we're going to have the actual competition that's going to take place. It's going, and I can't, I don't know the exact date, but it's going to be the actual competition like you would imagine yeah. on stage with flowers and crowns. Cool. So this year we want to introduce the idea of Miss Juneteenth here in Peoria, which is why we open up to the appointment option. Sure. And the next year, yeah. So I'll let you know when we have that cool. application open. Fantastic. Um, so let me ask you, Cassie, what does it feel uh, like to be Miss Juneteenth, the first Miss Juneteenth in Peoria? It honestly feels amazing. Though this is my first time ever being like in the spotlight, I'm actually enjoying it because now I have the platform to do exactly what I wanted to do my whole entire life. What are what are some things that are going to be happening now as far as now that you've appointed Miss Juneteenth? Um, what is the uh, like the schedule? Are there appearances? What's going to happen? There's definitely going to be a lot of appearances. Definitely going to work more with kids and making Peoria just look pretty. Okay. How do you do that? I like that statement. We, making Peoria look pretty. We're going to make gardens. We're going to plant flowers. We're going to clean up. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, that sounds really great. Um, and what is the whole idea uh, behind I know Juneteenth, uh, a celebration, of course, uh, that people um, know more and more about all the time uh, and how it is a reflection of uh, the last slaves being freed yes. uh, in our country. Um, but why the um, need, do you think, to have this be a thing, the Miss Juneteenth uh, pageant, et cetera? What's the power of this? So Miss Juneteenth is not necessarily a new concept. It's mainly celebrated in the South. That's where Juneteenth is really big. Mm-hmm. But since we, Juneteenth became a federal holiday under the Biden administration, I think in 2020, it's become more known. But Miss Juneteenth is just another way to highlight a special woman in the community and to bring awareness to the event. So Juneteenth is about freedom. We're celebrating freedom. Mm-hmm. And so Miss Juneteenth is the 
I guess, the actual visual part of freedom. And by highlighting a woman in the community, it allows her to have this platform to mentor other young girls, to talk about the importance of Juneteenth, and to kind of give her that spotlight. Sure. And this was your brainchild uh, in the first place to make this into a thing that's now a thing? Okay. Wow, look at you. Uh, You're doing a TV report, running to the radio station, do a radio interview, going back to that, (laughs) doing other stuff. This is very impressive. Uh, You're probably glad you didn't compete against Brett, I imagine. Um, uh, Let me ask you, Brett, just some other stuff on TV. Is there anything else coming up? Are you going to do a Juneteenth uh, TV thing? We do have, I do have something special planned for Monday. Monday the 19th is actual Juneteenth. I have another report coming out. Cool. Just highlighting, obviously, Nancy Leggins Costly in a bigger way. Last year was kind of like me um, previewing what's actually happening, which is her being recognized in Pekin and in Peoria. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, next week I'm working on on Flag Day, the Freedom and Remembrance Memorial down on Southwest Adams and Griswold, they are unveiling Nancy and the Moffitt Cemetery um, markers okay. officially. So I'm working on that in a special story about cool. that. Cool. Um, I, I always am just kind of like uh, taken aback by the like eclecticness of the stuff you cover. There was one time where you came here and you're like, I've been in court for a whole week. They just trapped you I was you in, in court this week. For- Were you in court this week? <laughs> you're at a bouncy house uh, tonight for some uh, reason. Um, is, <laughs> is this something you highly recommend to people, the life of someone that's a reporter that just sent like every – and also actually, different question. Do you say yes to everything that your news people are like, Brett, we want you to do this? Well, today they want me to go to the Turkey Festival in Tremont. Nice. And I said, I'd rather go to a bounce house. Yeah. Yeah. If I can pick, I would go bounce house. Reasons. Yeah. No, yes. that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, but are you, are you someone that's usually like, a, yeah, no, I'll do that. Uh, are you going to jump out of a plane at some point on WEK? I'm not opposed to jumping out of a plane. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I think, fantastic. I think naturally it's hard for me to find work. It's hard for me to like sit in the office for eight hours straight. Sure. So being a reporter allows me to do okay. a bunch of things. I also want to mention this is Cassie's very first time as Miss Juneteenth in the spotlight. So you oh, wow. have her debut today. Yes. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm very much appreciative of that. Uh, I feel like I should ask you if you jump out of a plane, uh, if it somehow benefits something. I would if Maybe. it benefits something. <laughs> See, like that, it has to benefit something. All right. Uh, well, tell me a little bit more about um, your desire to, to compete in stuff like this. Uh, have you been doing a lot of different beauty pageants and whatnot? Um, this would be my first one. I am going to be in the next pageant coming up for Miss Illinois Earth. Okay. So I'm going to be competing in that. But mostly before all of this, all I did was model so I did a lot of fashion shows around the city. I've been to New York and tried to model there. So it's just... Uh, Do you like being here in, in compared to New York? I feel like New York's... Um, I'm from the <laughs> East Coast. I'm from Jersey. I feel like it's very cutthroat probably there. Um, New York is very cutthroat. They are very limited, but yeah. I, it was my first time there, so gotcha. I just wanted to go to fill it out. Okay, gotcha. So now that I know what I want and what you to might do, wind up back there I'm at some point. Go say, okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, where where else are people going to be able to see you in the near future? Do you know? Um, you just got to see me when you see me because I'm gonna be <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> we have we have uh, some TV interviews lined up for her as well. Nice. And I'm also working with a couple of other media outlets to get her known ahead of Juneteenth. So cool. this whole week is a PR press run to cool. highlight the festival that's happening next Saturday. Cool. And I know Brett's got to get out of here. Oh, you got just about one minute left. But one last question for you, Cassie. Um, as far as all this goes, you said that it was important to, to reach out to kids. Yes. Uh, why is that so important to you? Um, reaching out to kids is important to me because I want them to have a life that I didn't. So my growing up as a kid... I had a lot of fun, but looking at them now, they don't really have that much fun. Yeah. They have to stay closed in. They don't get to ride bikes. And sure. And I want them to be able to express themselves and do what makes 
them happy. Okay. If you wanted to go dance, go, go dance. dance. Go do what right. you want to do. Cassie's message is, uh, Miss Juneteenth, is put the cell phone down and be happy you did. Go right? outside. Okay, I got you. Outside nice. is fun. It's good. I like that. Outside is fun. I like that PSA. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Good luck running back to the uh, riverfront, but I'm pretty sure you're going to make it no problem. <laughs> Will's got the news. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, I've been doing a series of chats on Friday to end my shows uh, with uh, the quartermaster at the VFW in Peoria Heights. Uh, Eric, how you doing, buddy? How you doing? Pretty good. How are you today? I like that I did it twice there. And then you uh, bring in some friends. Uh, people that have helped out the VFW or people that the VFW has ha- have helped out or just some kind of connection. Uh, today, you've got a guy in here uh, that is the, the strongest-looking human I think I've ever seen in this <laughs> studio uh, by far. Uh, your name, Joe. How are you doing, buddy? I'm fine. How okay. are you? So a couple things. Uh, you are connected to Wink's Iron Lot, which is a gym in town uh, where I've been told several times by Eric, the, the dudes who lift a lot of weight all work out at. And it seems to be true. What do you bench? Can I ask you what you bench on the radio? Uh, I'm not a big bencher. Really? What, no. What's the thing you do the most of? Uh, squat and deadlift. All right, give me one of those. Uh, mid sevens. Mid sevens. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I am very impressed with you, and I am very sorry if I make you upset at any point. I didn't mean it, and please <laughs> don't get mad. Uh, but there's also something else that you guys do, a real steal. Do you want to tell me about what that is? Yeah, we run a nonprofit out of the gym. It's uh, We work with our first responders from Peoria. Uh, and it ain't just Peoria County, Peoria, some local departments around the area. Basically, our first responders work with at-risk youth. Uh, they volunteer their time to help train them. And it's not all about just weightlifting either. I mean, it's basically it's a mentorship. Sure. You know, we want to break. We want to we want to break the barrier down a little bit. We. I don't like the the barrier is in what barrier the the barrier between the cops and you know the bad sure. blood that you yeah. see on the media you know basically if you watch you watch the news everybody hates police officers yes you know I and I don't me I neither got a, I got a bunch of great guys down there they're cops these kids come in here they get to know these guys most of the kids we got come in from the 150 schools and gotcha. basically their ideas are going to be sports stars mm-hmm. you know and these guys are like what's your plan b and they're like we don't even know what have a plan, plan b. b so some of these kids that you guys are reaching out to that wind up in this uh, program are kids that have, have struggled in some way yeah okay uh, come from single parent homes gotcha just you know kids looking for a niche we just feel like you know there's a lot of things going on that you know, if we can give them an avenue to stay out of trouble. I mean, yeah. weightlifting's kept me out of trouble for 32 years. Well, one of the things I keep thinking about, and I think we say this in the world of military, I think we mm-hmm. say this uh, about uh, cops uh, who do the job very well, and a whole lot of cops do the job very well. Discipline is such an important aspect of that. To be in the shape you're in, I, I imagine, takes an incredible amount of discipline, right? Yes. Okay, absolutely. and that's something that I think a lot of young people, and not just young people who might have unique uh, challenges they're facing, but anyone just doesn't have anymore. So it sounds like this program and one of the things you might be teaching a lot of people is is a skill set that was popular for a very long time and it just sort of disappeared. Do you agree with that? Do you think that's I agree true? Okay. One hundred percent. Why is that such an important thing in your opinion then? And is that something that you guys are cultivating beyond just uh, the training and the workout itself, like you said, this is something that's more of a you know, an all around approach. Yeah, the all around approach is we introduce them to 
not just the working out part. We've had a couple kids come through the program, didn't even touch a weight. Their, you know, first responder helped them with classroom stuff, get their grades up. Gotcha. You know, a lot of these kids don't know there's anything out, outside of pro sports. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, you know, we bring some trades people and talk about, you know, electricians coming to talk to them. You sure. know, roofers coming to trade, you know, things they can do. Sure. You know, a lot of them are just, you know, they don't, they've never been, never been introduced to it. Yeah. You know, um, they don't see opportunity uh, yeah. as much in their lives as maybe they do through you guys. Yeah. And my full time job is I work for CityLink. Oh, gotcha. City Link gives us our bus passes to hand out to these kids. It, it, it's a way to show them how to travel throughout the city. Yeah. You know, to get around. Are you're a bus driver? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Oh, that's my full time job. Have you ever like <laughs> driven a bus for like a, a group of kids? I feel like no one would ever misbehave on your well, bus in any well, scenario. Well, that's that's kind of how I come up with this idea. Gotcha. You know, hauling these kids to high school. You know, yeah. they're rambunctious and. I mean, they all come up, talk to me. They're sure. all very, very respectful. Sure. You know? Of course they are. <laughs> Not at all surprised by that, yeah. sir. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense. And uh, we just put our heads together and thought, you know, how can mm. we help? How can we help? the? I feel like all the discontent that's going on in the country right now is put, is overblown it's, yeah, it's, it's not just, it's not reality yeah i don't think it's reality at all i think yeah. common people are afraid to have that talk and yeah. when you bring people together you bring these kids and then they talk they, they put a human element to the first responder sure you know and yeah. uh we had one kid that almost wanted to leave when he found out they were cops that were training wow he literally wanted to walk out of the gym he was that afraid did he wind up staying? Did, yes, does this have like, happen? Yeah, and now he's one of the one of their best friends. You know, they you know they keep in touch with him. It's a really unique program. It's neat. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this: You said a second ago that uh, weightlifting kept you out of a lot of trouble in your life. Uh, is that the the reason that this was such an important thing for you? Uh, were there any uh, personal things that you went through that made you feel like at this point in your life, it, you you're a good um, individual to be? You know, running and trying to help kids uh, in the situations they're in. Yeah. Um, I just weightlifting for me has always gotten me through, you know, death, divorce, any, any, it's always been there in a good time and a bad time. Sure. It was always, it's therapy. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like every kid needs an avenue besides just a video game. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, if you're looking at the incredible shape I'm in as a human being, um, (laughs) what would be some tips for like people that are getting into working out? I know this is not necessarily what you came in to talk about, but I'm looking at a dude who's jacked and I feel like I should ask, uh, early morning workout, good afternoon workout, any of that stuff. Just keep moving. Any, it doesn't matter. Do it anytime. Yeah, we're 24 seven. So, and I literally, I mean, I train some mornings at one in the morning gotcha. and I could be down there seven at night. My this job. uniquely hurts as an answer because my wife has been going back to the gym for the last three months and telling me to, to stop not going. And now you brought in a guest here that makes <laughs> me feel like I definitely should be going. Um, uh, Eric, what else do you guys have going on at the VFW? Actually, you know, before that, let's let's talk about how you wound up working with Real Steel. Uh, we worked with Real Steel before when they first pretty much got off the ground. We were a support uh, element for their, uh, their not-for-profit. We... Mm-hmm. Uh, Made a donation. We also sold some little placards that we put up in the VFW. Nice. Then so now they're going to do a ride here on the 17th uh, that will benefit their program as well. Uh, a ride is a motorcycle ride? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love how excited yeah. you are about that. Um, <laughs> uh, give me more details about the motorcycle ride. Motorcycle ride looks like we're going to be making stops in Hannah City, McQuan, Victoria, Sheffield, 
at the VFW in Peoria Heights and then sure. back into Peoria. That makes sense. Um, what kind of bikes uh, do you guys ride? I think I know that you do, actually. Yeah, you've you got, you got a Harley, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you drive? Harley. Okay, Harley. All right. So I had a Triumph Bonneville, which I feel is way less cool all of a sudden. In front <laughs> no, that's of, way uh, cool. Yeah, you bring like that? Along. I had a Bonnie. All right, yeah, cool. I don't, I don't have it anymore. It got, it got a little destroyed, <laughs> uh, which wasn't my fault, man. Uh, we'll talk about that off the air. Um, before I, I take a break, uh, what else is going on at the VFW, Eric? Uh, tonight we have uh, karaoke with uh, Ace Year Events. Come out and be the star that you are. Nice. And then we got Beer Can Golf on August 6th. Nice. And Bikini Car Wash, which is your favorite yeah. uh, deal. Yeah, September 17th. I got a while to go to this gym and train with these guys and be laughed out of it. Do you guys have any small dudes that are there? Yeah. Okay. Um, how do the small dudes behave? <laughs> Just out of curiosity. Are they, are they like head down doing the exercise and getting out of there? Or is no, there anybody actually, that chirps about it? They're some of our smart, strongest members. Okay, really? Yeah. All right, nice. All right, good. Yeah. Uh, the hope is there. Uh, yeah. Betty, if you listen to any part of this segment, I apologize for all the times I've said no <laughs> as well to going to the gym. Uh, we're going to take a break. Everybody hang out, though. I have some other just questions on stupid stuff to end the show. Uh, and also uh, why you brought in this giant lager thing uh, behind me that's got absolutely no beer in it. I'm excited to see it, man. We're going to put a photo up, uh, but it was very sad to realize it was empty. All that and more coming up in a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, quick break and a lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, still hanging out in studio. Uh, we got Joe here, uh, who is the uh, guy. You don't actually run Winks. You just work out there is what you said, right? I'm the, one of the owners. Okay, one of the owners. But you said the real owner is someone uh, just off to my right that yep. doesn't want to go on radio. Um, but she's really the person, the brains behind it all, uh, which is uh, cool. Tell me what Winks is, uh, the iron lot, for anyone that doesn't know. It's a 24-7 gym. Uh, we run classes out of there. We've got a... Basically, we call it three gyms under one roof. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, one area that's just basically a gym with real nice equipment that that you know most lifters most you know lifters like to use. And then we got what we call the six hundred five, which gotcha. is all power like power lifting, strongman stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we got uh, on the other side the fitness factory, which is all cardio and. Wow, uh, um, is this a, is this the like a newer place, a newer location for you guys? Have you guys been moving around a bit? Uh, I've moved around for the last ten or twelve years. <laughs> nice. Is this is and it because then, you're growing? Yeah, and that, and that was part of the reason that we moved where we're at uh, was we need a bigger location. We're just growing. Sure. You know, yeah. uh, we found out when we took on the nonprofit, we needed more room. Nice. You know, so. Sure. That makes sense. Um, and actually, I'll bring in Eric, Eric, the quartermaster at the VFW. Uh, you were telling me he was also getting kicked out of other gyms because he was, like, bending the bars and stuff there. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the stuff you have is stronger than stuff that they have at a lot of other gyms? Yeah, it's competition. Okay. Yeah, and that's something that's rare to find in Peoria in general? Uh, there's a couple places that have, you know, a couple gyms around here that nice. have them. I don't know why I would feel better, even though I would not need, um, you know, competition-style equipment to just be using it when I'm working out. There'd be something <laughs> to feel great about that. Although, I, what is, like, the lowest weight that I can put on that thing? 45-pound uh, bar. Okay, go, I'm fine. Okay, good. Then I'm fine. Then we're okay. Um, <laughs> I love that. Uh, we also should mention something else. Uh, you were talking about uh, cops and just first responders that work there. Uh, Eric's a firefighter, so he was saying we didn't mention the firefighters enough. <laughs> yeah. um, the firefighters work out there, too. Um, that is probably the biggest reason why it's 24 hours, right? Is people are coming in and out all the yeah. time based on their yeah, jobs. Yeah, there's a need for 24 hours. Yeah. Then you don't have no excuse. Yeah. Um, is it motivating to be working out with a bunch of people who run after fires or run after criminals? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because those guys are in killer shape. Right. Yeah, know? I imagine. Yeah. And you want them on your side. <laughs> yes, that's I mean. right. That's You're right. I'm talking to them at the water cooler. Just say something nice and then yeah. I feel like things are going to go well. Okay, cool. Um, do you go work out there, Eric? Uh, I have worked out in the gym before. Mm-hmm. Um 
I haven't recently. <laughs> I'm just I curious. Have. Yeah, I just wondered. And I've always felt welcome there. And some some of the smaller guys trained me a little bit on the cool. bench press. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, maybe I have to show up to help any of the smaller guys there uh, feel uh, comfortable uh, being there. <laughs> there we go. Um, what else is going on at the VFW? I know we talked about it a, a second ago, um, but you guys are getting involved in a lot more uh, philanthropic things. Uh, you're getting involved in stuff. I know we talked about this a little bit last week, too, uh, that reaches out to kids in the community similar to what uh, they're doing with uh, Winks and what they're doing with Real Steel. Sure, yeah. We're meeting with uh, with William Tobias again with uh, mm-hmm. the young man we had on the show last week. Yeah. Uh, meeting with him on Sunday to get a, uh, a team-like group together to hang out. And, cool. And uh, basically start a little club that they can come down to VFW, hang out, feel sure. welcome. And sure. A place to go. Yeah, and so this is more about uh, instilling discipline at all, too, or anything like that, or no? Well, we were talking about the other day about doing the boot camp stuff, so we might be doing something fun like nice. that. Nice. And then we'll you're going to have stuff. him get involved? You're going to have Joe get involved in if that? If they get out of line, yeah. I know who to call. You know, you know what would be funny is he doesn't even have to, like, say anything. If you show up to boot camp and this guy's standing in the front of it, you'd be like, oh, crap, today's going to be hard. It's going to be a uniquely difficult day. Um, uh, just some other things, just throwing stuff out there that I saw out in the news. Uh, is there anything, actually, you know what, I, I'm going to give you an opportunity, Eric, because oh, you've been on the show a few times. Is there anything that's burning inside your brain that you want to talk about before I throw stuff at you? Do you want to throw some political uh, comments out there? Uh, I can you, let you do it. You can get me started on it. You've got to wind me up on well, some here, stuff. Well, you know what? I'll say it this way, actually, before I put you on the spot like that. Um, one <laughs> of the things I love most about the VFW and Peoria Heights is the people who are there are eclectic. It's not if you assume something, you're wrong. Uh, but they're also people that don't, for the most part, care about being, say, politically correct. And that's actually a really good thing that's missing in a lot of places. Uh, is there some way to cultivate that or some way that you think that, you know, just having those atmospheres uh, are important for people to check out? I think it's very important. Uh, we got people from both sides of the aisle and that hang out to, at the BFW. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never gotten toned out of, out of, you know, character or anything for people to get upset. Yeah. But uh, a lot of jokes go flying around. There's so. a lot of jokes that go flying around. A now, lot of jokes. Well, and I wanted to say it this way because I was um, uh, with uh, a buddy of ours uh, the other night, and something was dawning on me as I was having some conversations with him. The stuff that we find important here, like the stuff that I find important, isn't that important uh, compared to the stuff that you guys understand <laughs> to be important. And so there's something even about, I, I think, that and just the way in which we could talk about any of the topics of today. And then uh, in the back of your mind or in the back of the mind of any veteran, uh, you're thinking about, yeah, how many of these things matter? Is that something you feel a lot? Yeah, like a sometimes. Lot of, it's, yeah. A lot of things have been blown out of proportion, too. You know, it's, Sure. You, know, you start to think about, are, is this really what we're arguing about? There's yeah, other right. things that are a little more important. Yeah. You know, our, and of course, us being veterans, we are you know, looking why are our veterans being neglected. Sure. Uh, so that's a lot of things that sit in the back of our minds is, why aren't these people taking care of our own? So that happens a lot, and that, that's why we activate ourselves. Yeah, what do you when, when uh, find a way? What do you want to talk about? That actually, I think that's an interesting conversation um, with uh, the way in which is it just a societal neglect? Is there opportunities that should be um, you know there that aren't available for veterans now? Uh, where are the improvements that need to be made? Well, the biggest improvement needs to be with the government. Uh, first off, you know they should be taking care of what we've done for them. Sure, um, that's the first thing. As far as support from the, from the actual communities for the most part we're getting good support there good yeah. but it's not their responsibility to come up with things to fix all the problems sure you know and actually this might um, be a relevant question to both of you uh joe uh, i feel like at some point in your workout life you hit a brick wall 
Is that something you've ever done where, like, you didn't know how to progress past a, a, a wall of some kind? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And veterans, what you're talking about as far as all the ridiculous red tape that exists sometimes to get people the assistance that they deserve. Uh, someone can go serve, um, be injured while serving, come back and have to beg our government to realize and understand how much of an impact that ask that we have uh, is. Uh, what are some of the advice pieces you'd give to people that hit walls, maybe without it being so specific to, say, you know, navigating the red tape, but just in general from maybe a, a mental health standpoint? Uh, are there some things that you could share there? Yeah, the biggest thing is, you know, you, you talk to your fellow brothers, you know, and sisters. Uh, that's the first thing. Don't give up. Mm -hmm. That's another one we, we always promote. Don't give up. Keep fighting the fight. Yeah. Um, as as veterans, we usually come together uh, as we experienced last month. Um, you see somebody in need, you take care of them. Yeah. Because if we wait for the government, it'll be too late. Yeah. Can I can I get a little serious with you? Uh, you you sure said can. never give up. How hard is that as, as far as it? Because, like, you, I feel like, would understand that different than me. You, uh, Joe, understand that different than me in a lot of ways. Uh, how hard is it to tell someone never give up? It's not hard to tell them. It's the hardest part is getting to back that person up. But, you know, you can talk it all day long, mm -hmm. but you got to walk that walk along with it. And is there something you would give as far as a tip or a suggestion for how you accomplish it? Does it come maybe more to you, Joe, too, and just having a pattern, a daily set of, like, goals or, or different things you're working toward? I know this might sound just, like, stupid, but honestly, uh, with a few minutes left and you guys sitting in the studio, uh, this is the stuff that's in my mind. Yeah, well, for us. <laughs> You know, we talk about it all the time when we train. Uh, yeah, it's goals, it's training, and when you do hit that wall, sometimes it's time to get uncomfortable. And, you know, sometimes you grow in uncomfort. And I think that's where, like, even like with the veterans, a lot of people are uncomfortable having that conversation. Sure. They don't even want to have it. Sure. You I don't know. know why I love the way you just said that. You've got to get uncomfortable. There's no um, intention to, like, you know, make anybody upset. Uh, but there's not a lot of concern, let's say, as long as we're all going toward the same, you know, positive goal and being honest, right? That's what you mean exactly. by getting uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, and there's so little of that right now in our society, <laughs> uh, except in the world of, of veterans again, too. Uh, maybe I'll ask you that question, and we're almost out of time. Is it because of the experience that you have doing what you've done for us um, that – being willing to say have a real conversation might actually be easier. Uh, sometimes, yeah, it just depends on the situation. You know, mm -hmm. when you got to find out what the situation is and attack that situation, to yeah, how it's going to. Yeah, I don't even mean it. like for personal experience and like opening up about things. I mean like you see something in the news and two people in the VFW are arguing about something and you don't think it matters that much. Are you <laughs> capable of being kind of honest with people? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I love that. Maybe we'll do like a moment of truth uh, with Eric every single week <laughs> at the end of the show. I'll give you a topic and you just can give me any sort of quick reaction. Well, I do have one in front of me. I didn't talk about this at all today. Uh, my reaction and your reaction might be the same. Uh, Bill Murray is in the news. Are you a fan of Bill Murray? Yeah, I like some of his I stuff. think he's funny. Yeah. Fan of Bill Murray, Joe? Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. He's in the news because apparently he's dating someone uh, who's famous for the song <laughs> Milkshake. Uh, her name is Kellis. She's 43 years old. <laughs> Bill Murray, 72. Kellis, 43. Anything you want to say, Eric, go ahead. Impressive. <laughs> I like the one word answer. Joe, you got anything for me on that? Uh, I have nothing on that. <laughs> Is there a reason why you have nothing on that? Because Not these are people really. in the studio? I mean, okay. God bless him. Good for him. Yeah, good job. Way to go. Uh, yeah, I guess some people are wondering if Bill Murray was a big fan of the song Milkshake, and I don't have an answer to that question. <laughs> Although I hope the answer is yes, because that would make me very happy. Uh, well, thank you guys for coming in. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the important work you're doing with Real Steel.